kind of bummed that James isn't here to listen to this music. Oh! What's up, Dan? How you doing? Good. Good. Oh, that cut out really quick. Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. You are listening to another episode of This Might Sound Stupid, or maybe it's your first episode. I don't know. Uh, this is a podcast that was started by two, f- two friends that just wanted to hang out more. Uh, <laughs> and that was going really good for about a year, and then we had a pandemic, mm-hmm. and now we video call more, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at least once a week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, if it's your first time listening to us, you can subscribe to us. We would appreciate that. Uh, wherever you subscribe to podcasts, whatever you use. You can also follow us on Twitch. I think Twitch is probably the most, I mean, it's certainly the most interactive part of our yeah. podcast. Uh, we got a fun Twitch chat, and you can give us a follow on Twitch. Uh, Twitch.tv slash this might sound stupid. Um, and if you ever want to email us or get in touch with us, you can do it either at or on twitter excuse me at tmss underscore podcast that's Mm -hmm. on twitter at tmss underscore podcast or you can email us at this might sound stupid at gmail.com uh we do accept random topics if you want to email us about or with an idea about a random topic sorry i got busy thinking and my mind is kind of melty (laughs) right now uh I was thinking the other day, I was like, it's kind of fun because our podcast is kind of just from us doing it over and over for like a year and a half now, it's mm-hmm. kind of slowly taking form into like, what what is this might sound stupid? And it's kind of like a part of it is just the movie night chat where you just debate like, do you cut your sandwich or not? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's... uh. I really like that. If like people outside of our group started to listen to it, uh, what does that say? Mames. We no ex- mames. We accept them, but rarely get to them. Uh, <laughs> no mames. Yeah, it's kind of fun that it's just uh, it's mostly a stupid podcast about stupid things. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to our sponsors. Brought to you first and foremost, as always, by the wonderful. The talented good boy, Joey the good boy. He's tuckered out. He played uh, fetch in the backyard for about twenty minutes, which is okay. which is quite a bit for the old man. Just all the way back to the fence, all the way back. He's such a good boy too. Amber's connection sucks. Gonna leave. Make sure you're on the right connection, bro. Uh, switch to Thecla. There is something wrong with my 5G, uh, or not 5G, 5 gigahertz mm-hmm. uh, Wi-Fi signal. It's like brutally slow. I need to reset my router. But if you connect to the, whatever, the 2.4, it's much faster. Okay. I can tell you're, you're interested. It's the most exciting thing. <laughs> I'm going to text Amber. Uh, but yeah, Joey's a good boy. And he, he's still really good. He comes back, he drops the ball, and I tell him, sit and wait. And even though he's so excited, he sits like right at your feet until you throw the ball. 
That way I can make sure he doesn't obliterate one of my kids. Uh, whatever. Text to my wife. Uh, we're also brought to you by Mike Log. He's a great designer from mm -hmm. Minnesota. He designed all our graphics. And uh, he also designed a new... What was the idea that you... Oh, you did you say we, you wanted to get it on mugs? What did you say last week, two weeks ago? Yeah, yeah. Mugs would be great. So would, so would koozies. Koozies. That's what you said. Get it on... I couldn't remember. I was like, what did Dan say? And then I was like, coasters. But I was like, no, nobody see coasters. <laughs> Uh, what's up, Dan? How are you? Yeah, a little tired. Yeah, you seem you seem low energy. <laughs> doing uh, doing phone support. Took it out of you this morning. Oh yeah. How many have you been like cycling through to all your buildings? Yeah, I was able to get to the last one today. Jeez. That's uh, yeah. I don't envy you that. That driving around just adds an element of like mental processing. Cause you have like it's not you don't want to do it where like you go from Pullman to Liberty Ridge. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like you are having to con like I have to do it on a minor level where like I don't want to go to room two sixty eight and then room like one fifty seven because they're opposite ends of the building. Mm -hmm. Uh <laughs> you're welcome. Um, but you have to factor in that on like a bigger scale because you're driving and it just takes it takes time away from your being able to do your job. What are you drinking, Dan? Uh, let's get you drunk. Uh, it's from Barrel Theory. Uh, it is the season. Uh, it's called the, the Hoof Gold. Hoof it gold. A, it is a uh, Hefeweizen. Ooh, I didn't know Barrel Theory did Hefeweizen. Dude, I might have to pick some up. Beautiful. That was that was a really good crack. Have you had it yet? How is it? Tastes like a Hefeweizen. Have you had it before? No. Uh, I might have to. They have online ordering. I might have to actually get that. Correct. I want to try a barrel theory half of Ison. I wasn't sure what you were gonna bust out, so I br I packed uh different kinds of beers. Oh. Oh, hold on. I gotta try to get some sponsorship. Uh, as always, I have my beer. In the Playmate. From Igloo, it's a great cooler. It keeps my beer ice cold. Cold enough. Cold enough. As cold as beer should be. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna I'm gonna drink. It's not a half a. But it is an Oktoberfest. From I don't know how to say this. Einger. Einger. Have you had this one? I don't know. I don't think so. Einger. Uh, it's got a cool little blue flag. Authentic Bavarian Festival Lager. I'm going to bust it open. Mm. 
that wasn't that loud. Pouring the beer. Oh, it smells really good. Whatever <laughs> <laughs> you you're providing for the audio only listeners. Mm-hmm. Oh, this one goes out to Big J, who's not here. I'm also bummed he missed our intro song. Brops. Brops. Hmm. That's fine. Good, not great. Uh. Well, product of Germany. Weird. We'll see if it gets, but some of those get better when they warm up, don't you think? Uh, probably like a, yeah, maybe not like ice cold. Yeah, like, uh, what's the Hefeweizen that I really love? Polliner. Mm-hmm. Polliner's Hefeweizen, it's good when it's cold, but it's better when it's like, I don't, it, I don't know, just a little warmed up. Little, little, little bit, little bit warmed up. Still, still refreshing. Yeah, but like in the winter, I don't know that I need a beer to be refreshing. I need a beer to feel like a meal. Oh my god, dude! I had Lee Sue's for lunch today, mm-hmm. which is a Thai place uh, around where Dan and I work. And I really did. I said it to you guys, but I really did forget. Like a belly full of Lee Sue's makes you useless. Mm. You're just like I don't want to go. I don't want to go downstairs. And then I have to come back upstairs. I was so full, but I hadn't ha- I hadn't had it in probably over a month. I was very happy to have had it. Nice. It was it worked out because I had to be on phones all morning, drop my kids off uh, at their aunt and uncles, and then run back to work. But it was easier to go to the DSC coming from Amanda and James. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I'm gonna go to the DSC and pick up the stuff that I need, and I get to have Lee Sue's. Because as of late, it's like you want to be in your building as much as possible. So I've ju- I've only been going to the DSC like right away in the morning mm. before people really are looking for me. Mm-hmm. But that means no Lee Sue's. Nope. You're not to breakfast. I wish they did. What is, what's Thai breakfast food? I don't even know. Let's see if I can look up something. Maybe like Pad Thai with like hash browns? Thai breakfast, top 10 Thai breakfast meals. Cookies policy. Uh, that looks good. That's like eggs with some kind of fried wiener. Grilled okay. grilled meats. So uh, just regular breakfast stuff. Donuts. Omelet and rice. Kam Tom is authentic based Thai dish commonly enjoyed in breakfast, supper, and as a comfort food, a thick rice soup. Like a porridge. Yeah. Uh, jock. Not to be confused with Kam Tom, the similar dish of jock is a type of rice porridge. Thicker and mushier. That really looks like grits almost. That looks good. So, breakfast food. Yeah. <laughs> some pastries, some fruit. Uh, I don't know that rice is one I would think of as a breakfast food, but I would have it as a breakfast food. Yeah, 100%. Anything else new, Dan? 
Uh-uh. Last week, last <laughs> week I asked you that, and we started talking about sumo. Mm-hmm. We talked about sumo forever. I don't even th- did we we didn't even get to the random topic last week. Mm-mm. Now sumo's next weekend, so it hasn't started again. Mm-hmm. Who do you want to win? No. You don't have like a favorite. No. Who do you think will win? I really, I really have no idea. Both Yoko's, both Yoko's in are probably sitting out. How come COVID? Uh, injury. Oh. Um. I was going to ask you something else. Shit. What was I going to ask you? Whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't really have anything new either. It's just like everything is a everything is a blur. Oh yeah, yeah. These these, these weeks are just blur city. I don't. Uh, I don't. I'm not like I don't look at anything. I'm super busy during the day. <laughs> I I just got an email that's oh. in all caps that says "ground beef for life." Oh, congrats! That made me laugh. No, I didn't. I didn't win it. I have to pay for oh. it. Um, yeah. Let's see. Oh, I fi- I finished. Uh, I finished Hellpoint. Mm. That game. Well, I didn't finish it, but I I got credit roll for the first time. Uh, that game is really cool. Uh, if you're a fan of the FromSoft games or or Dark or Souls like games, uh, it is a very fun game. Um, it's it's like it's like kind of Event Horizon. Almost the movie, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, very fun, and I think it's going to have a lot of replay value because you can do different builds, you could follow different storylines. It's been very neat so far, and I think the most impressive thing, impressive thing about it, is that it's only made by eleven people. It's an eleven-person dev team, and it's like I have like I have no problems with the game. It's a great quality game. 30 bucks and it's only 11 people made it i was so surprised when i found that out that's been really fun uh, uh my wife and i <laughs> refinanced our house okay nice so that's super interesting for everybody to hear about um actually there was an interesting thing when we were doing that interesting i don't know if interesting is the right word for it you can tell me when i'm done telling you the story i'm gonna have more beer So, we, uh, very nice woman, signing our paperwork and stuff, and as we're, as we're, like, finishing everything up, she's just telling us that things have been crazy lately because the market is so good for refinancing or whatever, and then she was like, oh, in our St. Paul office, they've had protests, in, like, in the office because of a... Uh, the Ethiopian consulate is there and there was a Amer- an American Ethiopian who has recently been murdered and I admittedly don't know a lot about it, but they were protesting there and so they had to shut it down and they only had, uh, it was on lockdown, like they had security guards and you could only get in with certain credentials or I don't know, but then she made a comment that I didn't really think of in the moment. And I thought of it afterwards. Uh, and she was just like, and it's just like, guys, come on. COVID is enough. We don't need all this other stuff with it. 
and I was just kind of like tired, like a tired. I wanted to get out of there because it was mm-hmm. also it was Tuesday, so it was the first day of school. It's mm-hmm. like I just wanted to get out of there and then get home and make my kids dinner. Uh, and then afterwards, I thought about it. I was like, that was that was kind of like a was kind of like a racist comment, and it was just interesting. Since, you know, uh, the summer and George Floyd and talking about those things and starting to read about uh, and kind of redefine racism in my own mind, I don't think I would have noticed it beforehand. It, it, to me, it would have just been small talk. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of an interesting observation. Amber and I talked about it later because I was like, well, what was she talking about? And I was like, did you notice that comment? And we kind of talked about it just that. And it is interesting to start to notice like, oh, I do have the ability to just completely ignore that comment, which I did like, and it wasn't even consciously ignoring it. It was just like, I just didn't even notice. I was just like, whatever. Like I'm barely listening to this lady. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so it just, it was good. It was, it, it was kind of a, I, it made me feel good to have the realization that like, oh, there's sub, there's some part of my consciousness that did pick up on it mm-hmm. um and then another thing i thought about that night was like the weird thing is is like if you make a comment it's also weird that like i this lady did not seem like the type of person who would do anything like this but it was like if you make a comment they could like screw up your paperwork and make your stuff take longer or mm-hmm. like you know make your check take longer to get to you or th- you know just mm-hmm. It was interesting to think like you have to like when you start thinking about making a comment, it's hard to not think about all that other stuff that could go with it. And Mm -hmm. then I, then I started to think like, well, geez, what if, if you were, I mean, maybe the comment wouldn't even get made to you, but it's like, what if you were black and in that situation or, you know, Ethiopian or whatever the case may be, then there's probably even more stakes if you try to make a comment in defense of well i don't i don't know how to finish that sentence i guess so does it make sense what i'm saying yeah uh mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah it was it was a, a good and interesting realization to have um i don't really know i mean amber i think made the best because afterwards i was like man i don't even i don't know enough about any of it to really make a comment and i think amber had she was like yeah i think the best comment you could make is trying to show empathy for the people and like this man who was murdered uh like yeah is i mean i don't know what i would do if this man was murdered and you know what i mean like or killed or uh sentenced to i i I don't i'm very ignorant about what they're actually protesting about in this example but i thought that was kind of the best thing you could do kill them with kindness Mm -hmm. you're like a you're like a big brick wall (laughs) it's it's not easy (laughs) i feel like maybe it is other than that i got nothing Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Cold out. Uh, it was nice at the end of the day today. Too cold when I go outside. 
Yeah, are you uh Amber Amber says, yeah, I'm always good to think of something to say after the fact. Um but if you think about it after the fact, then you can keep it in mind for the next time something like that comes up. Um We talked about this, I think, in our movie night chat. But are you are you excited for fall? Are you ready for fall? I wasn't yet. Wanted to be a little. Didn't want it to get so cold so fast. Yeah, it got. It was thirty-eight degrees when I got up this morning. That was real cold. Mm-hmm. Did you end up turning your heat on last night? No, I, don't know, I was like sixty-three when I left today. That's cold, dude. Um, I think well, it's like sixty-five or something right now. Sixty-five so, is comfortable. That's what we have our house we'll, at. It. So we'll see. We'll see if it goes back up. I'm assuming it will. Uh, well, the temperature is going to go back up, but tomorrow's supposed yeah. to be cold and rainy. And then I think on the weekend. It's supposed to be 70, 60s still, or is it like 70s? 60s I mean, into 70s. I'm looking at it right now. Saturday, 60s, Sunday, it's 70s. It's actually warmer. Like, the, the, there is no low in the 30s. Like, the low is 50. There's still so. a frost advisory tonight. That means we got to pull our plants in, but. Yeah, but it's a frost advisor, but it's not going to be in the 30s at all tonight. I hope so. Yeah, I'm not... Uh, I didn't... While the summer was happening, I didn't feel like it was going too fast. But now that it's like September 10th or whatever it is, yeah, September 10th, mm-hmm. it just feels like summer went way too fast. And I think it, it, it was a weird summer because of COVID. It felt... It felt really slow, but also fast. Because mm-hmm. you're like doing the same thing every day. Think of how many days on end we were just in that stupid Woodbury Middle School uh, cafeteria. Just doing the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, Big J says the seasons seem to be hitting faster the older I get. There's an actual word for that. I don't know what that is. I think yeah, that's just the nature of time. Well, the, there's a word for it because yeah, it's it's and there's a there's a cool YouTube video I watched on it once that it it's like actually quantifiable because as you as you experience more time, I'm too tired to explain this. I can't. Somebody else explain it. It's like so say, so. say you're 20 years old. Yeah, here the we amount, go. The, the, the amount of time that you've existed, and then imagine you're 40 years old. The amount of time you've existed. Yeah. So that that fall is significantly smaller in the grand scheme of things of your life. Right. It's like an hour to Nemo is a is a huge percentage of his life, whereas an hour to mm-hmm. me is not a big percentage of the life that I have lived. Mm-hmm. Uh oh, not that age equals percentage, blah blah blah. Big J says, I mean that the transition between seasons is so much more dramatic. Mm. I wonder if that's because you have like because you're now more responsible for preparing for uh the change in seasons. Like I'm thinking about it and you know, getting like we're gonna have to get stuff certain stuff inside and we're gonna have to there's like chores that you have to do at the change of the season and like i gotta i gotta make sure my snowblower is in working order i have that on my list and like pretty soon we're gonna have to do all the raking and 
there's just like, I wonder if that's why it seems more dramatic. I guess I don't tech totally know what you mean by dramatic. AL Astrocam says, I had a similar thought thinking about Nemo today, where he's been struggling with me being back at work. I've been not working for a third of his life. That's interesting. Because mm-hmm. Amber stayed home s- during so much of it. Oh, my God. Joey looks really cute. His little his little face. He's just, like, out cold. Uh, but, yeah, I'm just... I don't know. I'm... I usually love the change in seasons and I think the change to fall is by and large my favorite, but I really feel like as I'm getting older, I'm starting to feel more like changing from spring to summer. Like that transition is becoming my favorite winter. I don't know. It's just seemed harder as I've gotten older, whereas the winter never seemed hard before. Mm. And now it just seems like, like, I don't know. I think a part of it got driveways now. (laughs) That might be it. I think a part of it is just that I have little kids and it's, it's harder to get them out in the winter and it's harder to get their energy out while you're inside. They'll go outside more. Yeah. Like in a few years. And that's, I've actually had that thought. Like I might start to look forward to winter again in a few years, but right now. Yeah. Because they'll just run around in the snow outside in a couple of years and build shit. Well, and I think in, in a few years too, they'll be... I mean, one of the things that I always loved about in the winter and and still do is like, that's also when you get more time to like sit inside and play video games. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Because there's days where it's like it's too cold to go outside, but mm-hmm. you get to be snuggled in and kind of play a video game. Uh, Big J says that's some of it, but also like global warming BS. I feel like fall used to last a while and spring would last. Now I feel like we get two weeks to a month of a typical transition weather before it feels like we are in the next season. I wonder if that's, uh, if that is also just the fact that fall used to seem longer because the, the three to four weeks that fall is seemed like those weeks just seemed longer because of what we were talking about a second ago or if this fall season is actually shorter because i can remember being in my like like 18 19 and then like early 20s there were a few christmases where there was no snow by christmas so i guess that that would be longer is that like a longer fall if you don't have a snow by christmas i there no i i there couldn't have been no snow before Christmas. There wasn't snow on Christmas. Sorry, it would have snowed, but there was no there was no snow big enough to stick. Yeah. So like on or, Christmas, or at least it melted by the time Christmas. So on came. Christmas, you like looked out, and it was just like you know bare trees and fields. It wasn't it wasn't like snow covered. No leaves equals no fall. I don't know. I guess I feel like fall lasts the same amount of time. Uh, from my perspective, but I, I feel like I'm just more aware of like, you know, it's, it's the same thing with my summer. It's like summer when I was a kid felt really long, but now it'll be like, like all of a sudden I'll look at the calendar and like, Oh, it's like July 7th today or whatever random day I realize in July. And then it's like, there's really, there's only like six more weeks. (laughs) 
mm-hmm. of summer. And that's like nothing. And I don't think I realized when I was a kid, summer, it was like months and months and months. And it's like, no, it's like eight weeks. Or no, not eight weeks. It's like 12 weeks. It's not, it, it's not a mega long time like it felt when I was younger. It's just, mm-hmm. it's short. But winter is long. <laughs> winter is like November, December, January, February, March. It's just long. Oppressive. Huh? It's oppressive. Oppressive. So, but, uh, you know, like uh, yesterday it was cold and rainy and we were going to make tacos because that's what we had planned on. And I got home and my son was like, Papa, I want, I really want spaghetti. And I was like, oh, well, we're going to have tacos tonight. And Amber was like, oh, yeah, wouldn't it be great if we could eat spaghetti? And then I thought I was like, I probably have this stuff to make spaghetti. And so then like last night we made spaghetti and it was so good. Like on a cold, rainy day. Just mm-hmm. have a big plate of hot spaghetti. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really good. And then, it, so that was like one thing. Or then getting beer, I got like darker, heavier beers. So there's still stuff I'm looking forward to. But yeah, I'm, I was not ready for, uh, for summer's end. We had pot pie for the first time since spring. Taking a hot shower, Amber says. Make your phone's not in there with you? No, she's not taking a hot shower. She's saying, ooh, yeah, I'll get to take baths again. I like baths, man. I really like, that's one thing I got to get figured out at this house is I need a man-sized bathtub because I, baths are, they're like the best thing. You bring a beer in into the bath, I mean next to the bath, and you put on a, you put on a show Hey, good job, Jr. Do you got more? Good man. Do you got more midterms coming up? Jr. says he finished his homework. Is that I was what talking you? yesterday about how he it was the? I don't know if it was the same for you, but it was, it was lots of tests early on, and it's and it just switched to papers, and that's so much more taxing. Oh, writing papers, as opposed to like, because I I can I can test my way out of like a, like a cardboard box. I don't know what that means, but, <laughs> like test testing was never hard, but it's like. Cause it was, it was easy enough to just like remember shit. Okay. But paper, but like writing papers, like oh, I actually got to sit down for hour for a few hours and write this thing. Uh, <laughs> question one: How do you get out of this box? And this thing, you can you write it a, on the box and solve it. You got a glove from Amber. Uh, I would weigh. I would uh, a million percent rather write a paper than take a test. No, I, that's I 100 percent expect you to say that. Like that's I, that's the we are the complete opposite. Yeah, I get major test anxiety because I I like I don't ever feel like I'm prepared enough. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I'll like panic and I'll obsess and it'll be like I'll dream about it and it's like it's all I'll think about is a test because I don't feel like I'm ever do like I could study all day every day and I wouldn't feel like I'm doing enough to prepare. Uh, and then I usually almost always do well on tests. Like it's very, I don't ever remember a time like bombing a test, mm-hmm. but I don't have the sa- I don't have the same level of stress when it comes to papers. Like pay, it's just like sit down and words come out. Papers aren't hard. No, it's, it, there's no stress for the paper. Like it's just the fact that I have to devote time and oh. like, like much more time. 
See, I devote way more time to studying for tests than I do to writing a paper. Ah. I'm not surprised I'm the odd man out, but like sitting down to write a paper is I'm petitioning for questions to ask Madeline Albright. You know? It better be about Warzone. It better be about where she hot drops. Uh, yeah, Big J says, I'm with you, Dan. I feel like most people are going to be with you. I, I just, writing has, I mean, it's just never been hard to sit down and write. I like to sit down and write. That's the thing, yeah, because it's like, like hard's not the word, it's just more of the... Yeah, sorry. The, 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 the liking part, where it's like... I, it's it's, like it doesn't feel... It's more enjoyable for you. There, there you go, yeah. It's, it's an enjoyable thing to sit down and think mm-hmm. about something and write. I could like, if I got, to, if I got to do that every day in my life, if I got to devote like an hour to just sit and think and write, mm-hmm. that'd be really cool. And I, I could do it right now, but I just choose not to. I could do it. I choose not to see. Okay. Big J says the same thing. Papers though. I hate investing that time. I, I invest way more time into a test by studying for it. Maybe you guys just didn't have to study for tests, but I did. I'm not, Smart enough to take a test without Ooh. studying. All beef. Uh, Zendaya is B. Michi. Final answer. Dan, quiz time. Zendaya is A. Guangi. B. Michi. C. Dorgal. Schwatz says, hated writing papers. I always did my worst procrastinating on papers. Hale Osterkamp says, you could write yourself out of a box. I could write myself out of a box. I'd convince that box to let me go. Uh, Wallaby says, correct. Well done, Dan. I think you already <laughs> fist pumped. And Big J says, and that's the difference. I never fucking studied. Yeah. I, so maybe the problem is I just didn't take very many tests because in high school, we all know that I didn't really, I didn't really do a lot in high school. Um, and I don't really remember tests in junior high. Um, you were just doing hood rat shit. And I was doing hood rat shit with my friends. And then in, College, I went to college for writing. I don't I don't think I took a single test in college. Or if I do, I don't remember. I'm sure I probably took tests in logic because I had you to had take... To, you had to take a math. No, I had to take logic. Yeah, but like that, that was like your, and, your mathematics class. Logic was fascinating. I loved logic and I loved my teacher. His name was mm-hmm. Carl something. I don't remember. But he like... I got way into logic. That... It, that was fun, like building arguments and then like solving arguments. That I really liked logic. Um, mm-hmm. But then I've had to take tests as a, an adult for certain things. Or like the brief time I spent in uh, life insurance, I had to take a test to like pass that. And I don't remember. I All I remember was like being so freaked out about it. And mm-hmm. getting through the test and then being like, yeah, you had a really good score. And I was like, oh, my God. But I like that was one that just they I don't know. I don't like them. You have to have sciences, right? I don't know. When? For college. Like you there's you can't get a bachelor's without like having to take like science and things like that. I don't think so. You have a degree. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I think I do. I graduated. Amber, quick, go find that back. Go, go find that piece of paper. I never know. I never got the piece of paper because they told me I had to pay for it. And I was like, fuck you. I just paid you a, t- a bunch of money. So I've, I don't have a paper degree because I, ne- I wouldn't pay for it. 
Um, so Al Osterkam says like all your intro classes had tests. What intro classes? The what? I don't know. Steven says the problem. Oh my! OMG! You were the worst before that. Gen- so, you, no, like, I was the worst. You, before. you may have like blacked it out. No, I. She's talking about the the health insurance test or the oh. the life oh. life insurance test. I w- I was bad. Um, and Amber's talking about like tests. Like Amber, one time before her finals, got so stressed she broke out in hives. <laughs> so she. That's why I'm also with her. It's like. Want to become famous? Buy followers, <laughs> primes, and viewers on bigfollowers.com. Uh, big dicks. How do I purge them forever? Ban. You got rid of egg egg <laughs> <laughs> Um. Yeah. Amber broke out in hives once. She was the she would be the worst before midterms and finals. Because she she would like mega stress out and study like crazy too. So, like I just. Sure, the test is only a half hour, but like if you're studying for it, you devote a lot of time to it. Meanwhile, Jr. is the one who popped in here to start this whole thing. He's not even he's not even chiming in anymore. He probably left already. He's probably hot dropping. I uh, studied and aced them and broke out in hives. The key is don't study, still ace them. What what is Amber saying when she says generals? No way you wrote yourself out of those. What do you want from me? I want an, I want you to tell me how much time you've you dedicated studying for the test versus how much time you're going to invest writing the papers. And is it equivalent or is one way more than the other? Just don't study study and settle settle for a B or just bribe your teachers and and get Bs. Or switch your math class so you take math with Mr. Antropov who gives everybody A. Okay? Uh for your degree I'm with Dan. You took a test in college. I don't think I did. I really don't. I had to take logic. I remember that. Uh, well, you don't have money. You steal a bunch of shit from Best Buy. That's how you get money. Um, I had aid secured going into my finals, so I didn't spend a lot of time. Oh, that, that's the that thing you can good. do? Yeah, you just if you if you do good enough for the you know for the first part of the class, like unless unless your final is weighted so heavy that it can like crash your grade. Hmm. I don't know. I uh, know Amber's right. I did. I had to take like an earth science. It was like high school earth science in uh, at Century, but I don't think I had to take a single test for that because I remember. I took that class with my cousin uh, and I just, all I told my cousin was like, dude, this dude loves anything that is like, make the planet more green, write every paper and just be positive about like wind energy and he'll give you at least a B on it. That's how I passed that class. I just, I just wrote papers. He, that, that made him happy. Uh, Adam, remember how you forgot the main villain of brain scan? No. What's his name? What's his name? Uh, uh, <laughs> there you go. There you go. All I can think of is Creep Show, and I know that's not right. Nope. Uh, Hellraiser. Got him close. The Trickster. I got it. There it is. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
JR says, my writing intensive class this year will consist of me presenting an opioid crisis response plan for the governor of Ohio. Uh, yeah. You got to put a lot of work into that, in that paper, in that presentation. So you don't look like a big fat idiot. I remember one of my, you keep my eating early... all that ice cream. Megan's feeding you and you're going to look like a big fat idiot. Yeah. One of the, one of my first memories of college, I was in English class, uh, with like a, I don't know, like it was with like a, there was like a junior guy in this class and he like, he just, he, he, he was wise to, he was wise to what college was. And he was, you know, he, he understood how, how the world worked a little more than I did as a, as a freshman wide eyed in this, my intro to English class. And we write these, we have to like write a paper for something memorable that happened in our lives. And this guy got an A, and like I was like, like I was talking to him about it, and like he made the whole thing up. Oh, of course he did. He just wrote this amazing story about like carbon monoxide poisoning in his house, and like it, it was like it was exciting and stuff like that. But like the whole thing, like I'm like oh, I got to lie to these people. <laughs> I don't think I. T- it's possible I had to take a test in that science class, but I don't think I did. Maybe I had to take like a couple multi-choice. What are they called? Mult, mult, uh, multiple choice tests. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know. Uh, Dan, tell everyone about your presentation on nerves injuries in front of two hundred nurses. You mean when his boner popped out? Hey, <laughs> it did not. <laughs> the best part about that, though, is <laughs> it did when not. our buddy when our buddy Schwat came running across Minneapolis to try and to try and catch me in this. Ran all the way across Minneapolis and was. Disappointed in 15 oh. seconds. All right, I'm just going to go back to work. <laughs> Left before Dan's big jokes. He's crushing it. Uh, I'm going to miss that this year. Oh, yeah. That'll be a, I'm going to miss the money. I'm going to miss the money, but I also... But it's still fun. It's, I've it's started still fun. doing... I, I enjoy them. Uh, in the last two years, I was with that pretty doctor lady, and she was nice. Mm-hmm. The hand people. They all, they all, it was, what, I don't, ornithologists, that's birds. What are the hand doctors called, JR? Now we're just going to sit here in silence until he answers. Hand Answer. surgeon. No, there's a special name for it. You're, I don't think you know it. Um, <laughs> that's why, and that's why you don't have the job this year. Like, you don't know what you're presenting. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I think JR's response is just, no, there isn't. Um, I'm really trying to think. Amber's right. I did have to take a science class. I forgot about that. And I took it with my cousin and my cousin dropped out after it. And it was like, dude, it's not. I remember feeling like you guys feel like it was not a hard class. But I also said like, just write papers. Yeah. Thanks, Wallbeef. Fingiest. That's what those doctors are. Was was he was he just overwhelmed by school? I think so. Hmm. I don't know. I think he also just wanted to fuck off and do other things, which he did, and now has his life. Uh, <laughs> we also took anthropology together. There were tests. Well, then I think I just did what you guys are all saying, which is went to a fugue state. <laughs> Uh, Wade once thought my cat's name was Fingy. <laughs> Fingy. Jeff got a glow out of Amber. Uh, 
I really want to hear Wade say Fingy and C powers. Um, yeah, so maybe maybe I only got test anxiety as an adult when I felt like tests mattered. But like in high school and college, if I had to take tests, I have no memory of them. So it's probably like you guys. It was probably like I can get a C on this test. Like I'm not so I'm not so dumb I can't get a C. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but then when I had to t- like when I had to take tests for certain things in in as an adult, it, it just it was harder. <laughs> Did I tell everyone about the cops trying to raid the room across from me in the dorms? I almost brought that up when you started to tell your first college story. But go ahead. You haven't told that story on the podcast. So the the gentlemen in the dorm room across from me were the drug dealers for the campus. Super nice guys. Uh, but they, you know, there was definitely weed in that room. Uh, there's a good chance there's probably some coke in there or something. Uh, but then, like, all of a sudden, like, one day, we're just, like, sitting in our room, like, doors closed, and all of a sudden, like, these people start knocking on our door, and it's, like, the cops, and they're like, are there people in there? I'm just like, I, we're not sure. Like, they were in there, but they, apparently, like, a, you need, like, a court order to, like, get that door open. Like, they... So they just sat in there for hours and just didn't open the door. Huh. And they kept saying they were gonna like they were gonna come back with like a, like you know like a warrant all sorts of stuff, but they it's never did. And they just like after like five hours they just gave up. I forgot that part. And and then they ditched all the drugs. Oh no, of course not. Uh, I I think they definitely one of them definitely went to jail. I think. One of the other guys in our dorm, I think, OD'd on, like, snortable heroin. Jesus Christ. At a party, and then I think the one guy went to jail. <laughs> they were lovely dudes. They bought me a sweater for Christmas. Bought with drug money, I'm sure. Adorable. You, know, you still have they used it? To, uh, that's probably in my, in my closet. I bet, uh, I bet it's in your closet. They, you know, they used to sell coke to the, the, hockey, the hockey frat. Kids had to get, you know, some of those kids had to get fucked up. Had to get awake to my sister do, do, do sports in school. My sister dated a guy uh, a long time ago who he was like, I, th- I wonder if I could look him up. He was like the one of the biggest. He would make fake IDs. He made tons of them mm-hmm. and he made tons of money doing it. Uh, and he made them like really, really well. And he would just sit at her house for hours and work on these fake IDs. And he had a way to like, he had a little thing that he rubbed them with and he did all this stuff. Um, do you remember Craig from Best Buy? Was that the guy in the wheelchair? No, Craig. Oh, the, yeah, yeah. What was his last name? Don't remember. Oh, shit. Well, do you want to stay on the podcast? Well, I was going to see if I could look this guy up because I'm pretty sure like, Shortly after he started, da- he stopped dating my sister. He got arrested for making fake IDs. Yeah, he, I remember you saying that. He was so making them like crazy. So I'm sure I could look it up. Um, arrested fake ID maker, Minnesota. Uh, Menominee. 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 Had 36 Menominee. IDs. 
that's definitely not him. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna look at all this. No. Anyway, yeah, he got arrested for that. Nice. Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. maybe I didn't. Maybe I didn't have test anxiety as a young man. I forgot that Amber and I took anthropology together. Blows my mind. I definitely didn't have to take tests in the like when I was doing my major because all I did, all uh, the only things I took were writing classes. Yeah, that, that, yeah. Or that I maybe sense. I maybe had to take a a test in uh, editing my class for editing, but it would have been a test of like I had to go through and edit a paper and use the proper marks and catch all the things like catch enough. Yeah. And that I like doing that stuff. So it doesn't that stuff's not hard. But like I think that's one of the reasons that insurance test seems so hard. It's because I fucking hated every second of it. Mm-hmm. I like I, I hated it. And I could like I couldn't make my mind focus on all this dumb shit that I didn't care about. <laughs> like at, at all. I could not do it. I love that like before like all those tests are like the like the the ones for like investments or like the bar, like they always start by saying only like sixty percent of people pass this test. I guess like like the, like they, they make sure to tell everyone who's going to take the test that like it's almost like a to scare you and then to also make you feel a little less bad if you <laughs> if, if you, you fail. fail it. Yeah, yeah. And you can just try it again. Mm-hmm. All right, should we do Rob's random topic? We haven't done it in like a month. Sure, I gotta find it. Is it uh, where do you where do you hot drop? Where do, it, you, what, your, where do you hot drop? Boneyard. You've heard us yell Boneyard all the time. Man, you Jared. Gotta, you, gotta, you, gotta, you gotta drop Boneyard. Jared got out of there in a hurry last night. Uh, uh, is it, is it what, what's your favorite Bud Light seltzer flavor? What's yours? Mango, all the way. I've never had one. Neither have I. <laughs> is Schwat in here? Because I. I want to know where we are on recording all the Rob Random topics because Schwat volunteered to do it. Peach Cobbler, I'd crush that. He said he'd do it. I remember. Uh, okay, so this is a weird one. It's like a double one. So like those guitars? So, haven't started. Why would you volunteer to do it if you're not going to do it? Let the man go at his own pace. He didn't volunteer. <laughs> I'm try. I'm trying to make him think he did. You're trying to guilt him into it. Uh, so, it, Rob's random topic. If you don't know what it is, uh, Dan or myself usually once a week. Although we haven't, we've just talked for the last uh, two uh, two po- two podcasts and didn't. It do probably that. a month ago that we yeah. asked him. Uh, I could tell you when it was. Why don't you just tell me the name of that movie? It was August 19th. So, yeah, almost a month ago. Uh, but Dan and I normally once a week will text our friend Rob on a text chain uh, and demand a random topic. The way Rob's random topic works is that he has to respond right then, first thought, best thought. So he doesn't keep a list. It's just whatever comes into his mind in the moment. So I texted him and said, he said, things you have built. And I said, have we already done this one? And we were all pretty sure that we had done something about things you had built. So one of the questions I had was like, if it's the first thing that comes to Rob's mind, does it matter if it's a repeat? (laughs) 
because the rule is first thought, best thought. Like maybe maybe Rob just doesn't have that sophisticated of a mind, and we'll only get twelve ideas out of him ever. Well, then we just stop. Ah, uh, Rob's if, huh? If he's no, no, the sec the second he is somehow dry of topics, <laughs> he's done. I we're, forgot. We're, we're moving on to Wade. I for, <laughs> Rob's going to be listening to this after the fact. I forgot he's not watching live, which makes talking shit less fun. <laughs> It's but, more rude. But point. he'll listen to it after the fact and he'll hear me say he only has 12 ideas. Yeah. Uh, and then he said, don't know, we should write them down, which is what Schwatt volunteered to do but hasn't yet. So then he said, do this instead. Things you've destroyed. Hey, Kibby, What's up, man? Hola. How are you? How are things in uh, Ohio? How is the how's the pandemic down there? It's good to see you. Or see you? I don't know. You know what I mean. It's good to see your name pop up in chat, man. Uh so this week it was things you've destroyed. Which I feel like you're not gonna be able to talk about at all. I've broken Duff. You broke a rear view mirror with your face when you were a kid, I know that. I don't know if it broke. Ooh, nine fingers. Nice. I think I just ran into it. You broke um, You broke your face? Oh, I, 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 th- I think there's still technically a scar right here on my head. You think? Um, there's a white line there, so I'm assuming that's what it is. <laughs> um, I destroyed a screen door by running directly through it and bringing the screen with me. Oh, no, Kibby. Kiwi says, I got in a fight last Thursday. That I hope you're both all right. Uh, Big J says, also, for shit I've destroyed, it would be a lot easier if I were there. Typing it all on a smartphone is going to suck. Yeah, I started to think about all the shit I've destroyed, and then I was like, I don't know that any of it's like an entertaining story. Mm-hmm. Did you destroy his face, Big J asked Kibby? Um, we might actually get to one of the topics that Kibby emailed, because he's the next on the list. He's ahead of Javin. Uh, Javin is Javin's emailed quite a few ideas because the last one we did was Schwartz. That was just salsa, and we actually talked oh, about yeah. we talked about salsa for a while. That's where we got the one of my one of my shirts. Yep, mango habanero is a good place to be. Mm-hmm. Um, one so one story that I don't think will be that funny to this group, but like. Telling the story, my my sisters and my wife have heard the story a billion times, and they always think that one's funny. Um, wait, I'll tell that one in a second. One, so my buddy Donnie and I, when we were little kids, we were like, we weren't really playing with action figures anymore, but it was fun to destroy them and blow them up with fireworks and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we were putting like we would take the the action figure and like put his legs in the sliding glass door so that you would close the sliding glass door on him. Mm-hmm. And we at one point did a, an action figure that was big enough that we like knocked the sliding glass door off its slide mm-hmm. and almost tipped the whole sliding glass door over and had to like get it back in. Okay. Uh, and the door like never worked right again. So you destroyed the door, not the action figure. Uh, no, we destroyed both. Oh, okay. Uh, Kimmy says it was for a good cause. I helped victims of human trafficking. Awesome. 
that makes me happy. I hope you're okay after your fight. Um, James has a car, a commercial printer, and a garage, a dryer, several bikes, trees, with explosives. Um, bi- <laughs> this isn't destroying, but when Big J, Big J lived uh, downtown St. Paul at one point on like the, I can't remember what floor you guys lived on, but I remember being out with you throwing giant, <laughs> giant chunks of ice down onto passing city buses, the eighth floor. Mm-hmm. And like <laughs> making bus drivers stop and get out and like look up, <laughs> like that was just stupid. It didn't. Re- I don't know that you ever destroyed any of them, but I remember doing that. Uh, so I, that was just a funny story. Okay. Uh, Kibby says the location where some victims get things they need kept getting broken into due to protests and riots. Yeah, that's kind of happening all over, unfortunately. And also, fortunately, I don't know. I think people should be protesting. Not rioting. Uh, we snuck out of the roof of the 30th floor building and did the same. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that's just that's just dangerous. That doesn't sound safe at all. No. The 8th floor, it was hard to miss those buses. I don't know about the 30th floor. Um. No, I just... There's this story of me and Donnie being like 12 or 13. It's always funny to me. This is the one I said, like my sisters and my wife and people, they always still think is funny, but I think it's more just the, the mind of a 13 year old boy. where like, you're not thinking about anything you're doing. Uh, and you know, like, have you ever seen the green styrofoam that you can like put fake plants in? Do you know what I'm talking about? The what's so it's like there's green styrofoam. Yeah. But it's not really styrofoam, but it's like they, oh, yeah. they sell the it at like plant- Michael's. It's the planter foam, yeah. Yeah, planter foam. Well, my parents had this huge brick of it in the basement. And I always just remember this story because it was like me and Donnie were just bored up at like two in the morning. Try like just and I walked by it and like hit it with my knuckle and it like left a little indent. And then Donnie hit it and then I punched it and then Donnie punched it. And then if it was a, if it was a movie, it would be like there would be a smash cut to both of us like a- full on axe kicking this thing, mm-hmm. and just turn this whole thing into like powder. Mm-hmm. But then after it was done, realizing like, oh no, this green powder is everywhere. <laughs> like our parents are gonna be like, why did you destroy that thing? What were you thinking? Which was one of the questions I hated the most as a teenager. Because it was like, I don't know, I wasn't thinking. And it was like three in the morning, so we couldn't vacuum or we'd wake people up. So we went into my dad's workroom and got rolls of duct tape and picked all of the green dust up with duct tape. And then we duct taped all the duct tape into a big duct tape ball, threw it into an old duffel bag, took it outside, went into our neighbor's woods and like buried the bag because <laughs> we didn't want to get in trouble for it. It was just like, it. it's just a stupid story of, it's not like really that destructive, but I just always remember it being very funny after the fact of like how much we tried to cover up breaking apart the stupid styrofoam. So many steps. Uh, let's see. Kibi says I offered to help with some cleanup and some people decided to break in that day and I was there. Didn't end well for the people who broke in. I don't think they expected an ex-Marine to be hanging out. <laughs> um, I'm glad you were there. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, let's see. Big J says several car windows dropped a TV from a bridge on a concrete. I technically helped destroy my friend's femur and another friend's forearm. I destroyed my deck last weekend. Remember when I broke Jesse's wrist at your house? Because yeah. I hit him with a I hit him with a ping pong paddle. Mm-hmm. Um. But otherwise, things that I've destroyed. I mean. It's just ra- uh, I don't know. Nothing like comes to mind, but I know there's things. Yeah. A lot of it involved fireworks. A lot of it just involved boredom. I remember one thing I hated is my dad and stepmom when I was a kid. They'd be like, "Why do you like destroying stuff so much? Why do you have to destroy?" What? And I was like, "I don't know. It's fun, dude. It's fun to break glass." I just meant like even now at 35, it's just like, "What? What a stupid question." What do you mean? What do you mean? Why do I like it? Because it's fun. Have you ever thrown a rock through a glass window? It's fucking fun, man. Have you ever blown shit up with fireworks? It's fun. What? Why are you so dumb? <laughs> Maybe wow. it's. But I don't know. It like it still annoys me even at thirty five. It's like, sure, maybe you don't. Maybe you don't want to do it, but you can't look at it and be like, "Hey, breaking one rock with a bigger rock is fun." I. It was. Just, I just remember being a kid. Like, what? Are you stupid? What do you mean? What do you mean? Why do I like doing it? It's fun. I don't know. <laughs> Let me break this glass. Turkey probably... <laughs> Wall says turkey probably thought the same thing. It's true. True. I'm still convinced that turkey was trying to fight another turkey. Man, 100%. I guarantee I'll have a little anxiety next spring. Oh, yeah. If you see a turkey in your house, you're going to be like, you're going to know. I'm just... I'm gonna. It's going to be harder to let my uh, guard down. In North Dakota, I hear hitting another person with a ping pong paddle is a sign of love. I don't get that joke, Kibby. It's sweet. <laughs> it's sweet? Yeah, it's sweet. That's nice. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lovely, lovely sentiment. Uh, let's see. Big J says, I capsized a sailboat with my mom on it. Uh, a random, A random car axle. A random car's axle by removing road safety signs. Almost blew up camp by crushing the massive propane tank with a boulder. Then it almost crushed the car. I remember that story. Actually, here, this is a dumb, this is like a really simplistic destructive story, but it's about James and I love it. Uh, James is sitting on a like a yoga ball, on a bouncy mm-hmm. yoga ball, and he has his pocket knife out and he's trimming. I think he was trimming his fingernails with his pocket knife. And then he, <laughs> he looks, <laughs> he's already laughing. He looks down. <laughs> And his wife has watched him the whole time. It's their friend's yoga ball. He looks down at the yoga ball and just pokes it with his knife. And I think probably like it's the same thing, absentmindedly doing it, but thinking like, I wonder if my knife's strong enough to poke through this yoga ball. And it was. And so he poked it and air starts spraying out. And James just like (gasps) covers it up, but looks up and Amanda's looking right at him. (laughs) So just destroyed this yoga ball uh for no for no reason just poked it with a knife i guess to see if it was strong enough to withstand his knife poke it's not like he stabbed it he just poked it (laughs) i barely (laughs) i barely set the tip on this it's a yoga ball it's a yoga ball's fault 
It's not his fault. That's the <laughs> I don't know what Vitam Anderson's wait what is in response to. Uh oh yeah, Matt. Or Vitam Anderson says, Adam, it's like when you cut cut up that plant at your dad's house because you said it wouldn't cut. I had a I had got a new knife and I was like thirteen. And I was fucking around with it. And Matt's like, dude, you shouldn't fuck around with it. It's a knife. And I was like, don't worry. It's not like a really good knife. It's not even that sharp. And there was a plant with like a wooden stem right by me. And I was like, look. And it went <laughs> and just cut right through it. And I, I remember that too because I was like, oh, maybe this thing is more sharp. Than it. Like maybe, maybe Matt's right. Maybe this is dangerous. Maybe I shouldn't be fucking around with this knife. But yeah, it just like went straight through it. Um. Wow, there was something in there. We used to have a game. This is a like this is a dumb one, and I feel bad about it now. But we used to have a game called Dunk from the Cars. Uh, that started where it's a really stupid game, but you would stand in the road, and on this road, uh, by my dad's old house where car it was a 50 mile an hour road and cars would come up this hill and then like they would come up a hill and then go right back down another one and you would stand at the bottom of the hill and wait until the headlights came up and all the way over and then you would run into the woods but the whole point was like you're standing in the middle of the road when the car starts to come it's okay. not it's not smart i don't know why none of our parents ever knew we were playing that game because it was like right outside one of their houses but then it was like that game wasn't fun enough because none of us were like stupid enough to say like, let's see who can stand on the road the longest. It mm-hmm. was just like everybody ran at the same time, but it was like we still wanted to up the stakes. So then it became, we started to put sticks in the road and sticks eventually became like fucking tree branches. Uh, and so cars would come flying over this hill at 50 miles an hour and then run over like full-on tree branches and like slam on their brakes and get out of the car uh and we like we would stand on the edge of the grass and then when they got out of the car we would run into the woods and like try to lose them and they would chase us into the woods that's a stupid game that's real fun it i I remember it being very fun (laughs) i'm just really glary i hope we never actually broke anybody's car permanently uh, Big J says we stole a bulldozer and wrecked a build site a little. Just dirt mounds, then crashed the dozer into a hill. Yeah, I don't. I feel like the more we talk, the more stuff will pop into my head. Uh, the whole Alexandria PD. We never got chased by the whole police department. We got chased by angry people. But it was like we knew the woods better than them. So we just run. Uh, you don't have anything? <laughs> Do you think destroying stuff is fun? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. I, I just never had any wanton destruction. Man, I could go for some wontons. Um... I still like I still think breaking glass is fun. Of course. Breaking light bulbs. It's gonna suck when my kids start to think destroying stuff is fun. 
Like Not that long off. Like when my son, uh, <laughs> Big Jason's almost burnt down my parents' garage twice. Got the fire department called several pranks for setting stupidly large fires. Poof. I had a scary fire this spring with Mike Long because it was super windy. Eh, scary is the wrong word. It was scary for like a minute and then it finally, it like burnt itself out. Jeez, Gibby. I like destroying hopes and dreams. I don't think that's true because of things you've said earlier in this chat. Um, yeah. I don't really have anything else to say. Mm-mm. It's going to suck with my son. Because I think it'll probably be more my son than my daughter if I had to guess. When he starts to like breaking things. Because I'm going to get mad at him. I'm going to I'm gonna do my absolute goddamn best to never say what were you thinking because i hated that even as a kid i would I, the thought that would occur to me was like i don't know I, I don't i don't think i was aurora is a monster but remember the louis ck joke boys fuck shit up girls are fucked up i think girl i think aurora will go through some mental warfare with people because <laughs> she's already kind of a little savage <clears throat> oh, Kibby says he destroyed the hopes and dreams of the looters. He just wanted stuff. Uh, Schwatt says, I almost started a big fire at the Walmart I worked at. We were in the garden center tossing smoke bombs left over from Halloween over the fence like dumb kids, and one landed under a pallet of bags of wood chips and started on fire. <laughs> we had to scramble over the 15-foot fence and stomp it out. Uh, vitamin says, oh. "Man, my daughter's a destroyer." Oh, oh, look at the fire! Oh, oh, yep, I can see Wade doing that. It's a real good mental image. Um, I almost burnt down our apartment complex in Grand Avenue. I still don't really understand how I got away with this. I was cooking ribs. They, we were in an apartment building, and they let us have uh, grills out on our patio. <laughs> Maybe they shouldn't have. I was cook. I was cooking ribs, like slow cooking them, and so I had them on the grill. And then I set a timer to go check them in half hour. And I went in and I was I was writing, and I act I actually set my timer for thirty hours, and not thirty minutes. So I was like writing and writing and writing and writing, and then all of a sudden it was like. Um, I feel like it's been more than a half hour and it had been way more than a half hour. Mm-hmm. And I went outside and like the grease from the ribs had like dripped through the tin foil and had started on fire. And so when I opened the grill, it was like this huge roaring fire coming out of it. And it was like going up and licking at the, like the top of the balcony above us. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't like I couldn't reach in to shut it because the fire was so roaring. So then I grabbed a huge bucket of water and I ran back out to my deck, like praying that nobody had called the fire department. But then as soon as I got out there, and I still don't know the answer to this, so somebody can maybe tell me in chat. I was like, wait, isn't this fire because of all the grease from the ribs? And you're not supposed to use water to put out a grease fire, right? Oh, 100%. So... No water on a grease fire. So literally what I did, I was like, well, I'm just going to see what happens. 
So I took a smaller cup. No, I did do it. This is what I don't understand. I took a smaller cup and just slowly splashed water over the like over the fire and it just put little parts of it out slowly. It that's didn't not, that's, that's it, fine. If you if you if you had if you had dumped the whole thing like a bunch of water on it, it, it might have exploded. I, but why didn't it do it with just a little bit? Was it just enough to suffocate parts of it? I don't really get why that worked. Oh, like it was it was, it was probably sizzling and, and like and, and popping. But it was just a little piece of the oil. Okay. Well, that's that's what I did. I had a huge bucket of water. Little water is okay. Pro grillers have spray bottles of water to get out little grease fires. Okay. So my instincts at least were good because I ran out there and then I was like, I didn't know for sure, but I was like, I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to throw water on a grease fire. And so then I just, I did it in like little spurts from this cup. That was oh, yeah. like, cause if you take like your pan of oil, put it in your, uh, put it in your sink and turn the water on, it's going to explode. Yeah. So what Schwat said, FYI, you're supposed to cover it. I learned that after the fact, because afterwards oh. I went out and read like about it. And if I had just taken the ribs off mm-hmm. and then closed the lid, it would have just, the, once the grease burns away, it just stops. Correct. Yeah. You, you, you just, you need to smother the fuck out of that shit. Uh, so big J says grease and water don't mix obviously, but a lot of water on a big grease fire equals rapid thermal expansion. It sends flaming grease exploding everywhere. So yeah, I, the way that I did it worked, but then after I did it, cause I was like, well, I'm going to cook ribs like this again. <laughs> so basically what happens is it traps like the steam. Cause like the water yeah. evaporates instantly and it basically just takes the grease with it and it just goes, see you later. Yep. And then you get burns. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> thankfully I kind of knew that one. And that one's that was just scary. Like I was genuinely concerned. Like, oh my god, maybe there's a reason they don't let people have grills on balconies usually. No, you should not have had a grill on that balcony because that's, you, that's incredibly dangerous. But the fire department didn't get called on me. But the fire department, our whole building got evacuated twice because the girls downstairs twice in a row, like twice in two weeks, burnt toast so bad in their toaster that it felt like we had little fire like smoke detectors in our building. But this mm-hmm. one set off like the building smoke alarm. That's how burnt they let that shit get. I'm sure those girls were high as fuck when that I'm happened. Yeah, like it's the only way you could do that. That was such a cool building. It was just this party building where ever like it was just all people in like post college in their twenties. Mm-hmm. Good location. Out. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, but yeah, that one was that one was gnarly. And then yeah, I looked it up afterwards, and it was like okay. So next time I would just get the metal tongs, pull like pull the pull the ribs off onto a cookie sheet, mm-hmm. and then it, like it'll just burn itself out. Yeah, like it may take a while. But yeah, yeah. You, you just take the fuel away. You take you take the ribs away. Yeah. Um, and you might your your grill might be damaged forever. Uh, it was that. It's, it's, it, do you remember that yeah. grill that your dad gave us that I bought yeah. from your dad for like twenty bucks? It was that grill. So that was the other part of the problem is that that grill your dad had like modified it to get it to start easier. And there was charcoal on the bottom of that grill. That also was oh. on, that also was on fire. Oh yeah, so yeah, it was just it, it had fuel for days. It was just, yeah, it was a it was a bad situation. 
It's but all's well that ends well. But that is one where it's like, I'm lucky I just stopped to think about it for a minute. Because it was also the stupid thing of like, I don't want the embarrassment of having the fire department called and having to explain that to everybody. So I want to just take care of this myself. And I'm just mm-hmm. glad I stopped to think for a minute and didn't get flaming hot grease exploded into my face. Oh, yeah. You would have permanently damaged the building and yourself. <laughs> that wouldn't have been fun. But yeah, I'm sure there's a. I just I, <clears throat> I'm sure there's more, like especially Donnie and I, we loved destroying shit. But it just nothing comes to mind, and it it doesn't. It's not all that funny to just. To, I don't know. Maybe it is. It's like the story I told about the the breaking the green thing. It's like it's kind of funny, mm-hmm. or like we knocked that sliding glass door off. It's funny to me and Donnie. Mm-hmm. Um, should we, let's try, let's try Kibby's, uh, topic. Or did you have anything else to say on breaking stuff? Nope. All out. On. Ooh, I, li- I like this one. This should be able to take us to the end. What do you got? If you have a bucket list, what is one thing, if anything, you feel you have to do before you die? So I feel like we should define bucket list first. For people that don't know what bucket list means? No. <clears throat> so Kibby's question to me makes it sound like bucket list is like a thing, a thing, a list of things you would love to do before you die. But I thought I understood a bucket list as like, these are the things I have to do before I kick the bucket. Which way is it? I don't know. I'm genuinely asking. I'm not arguing one way or the other. They're the same, technically. No, they're not. Like, okay, on a bucket well, list. So, like, 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 you can't just, like... Like, you might die before you do these things you have to do. Sure. I guess what I'm saying is... Like, I would love to go to Ireland before I die... But like, if I don't, that's fine. But I thought a bucket—I thought a bucket list was like I'm gonna do everything in my power to do this thing before I die. Yeah. What? Well, yes. Like the I. Yeah. Like the island thing is just something you want to do. Yeah, but it's not like. It's not something I'm going to put tons in. Like, I'm not going to save money for, like, years just to be able to get to Ireland. It's like, yeah, if my life works out in a way that it's easy for me to plan a trip to Ireland, I'll go to Ireland. But otherwise, I don't feel like I have to go. See, Kibby says things you want or need to do before you die. Need to do? Like, I needed to write a book. Like, that that to me was like... There was no way, unless I died in like a freak accident, there was no way I was going to not write a book before I died. Like I, it, I felt like I had to do it. Okay. Does that make sense? So what, so what's something that's on your, that you have to do before you die? I don't think anything. <laughs> that's why I'm asking. All right, then. There's the answer. <laughs> I don't even know what the question was at this point. <laughs> 
you're like mad at me for even asking for clarification. It's, it's, it's just like a, it's a weirdly facetious argument. I, I feel I'm not making an argument. I'm asking a question. No, no, I, I, it, it just seems like it's just fuck uh, bitches get money. That's what Big J says. I'm in for that. You have daughters. If you have a bucket list, what is the one thing, if anything, you feel you have to do before you die? I guess I did it. What's after that then? It's like Amber said. Oh, Wade. I do like that it was having kids not with you. Oh, it yeah. Was just, it was just having the kids. No, I knew that. You were, you were a means to an end. Yes, I know. Now I'm just a means to a different end. Satisfaction. No, uh, <clears throat> that was, I mean, that was a big part of... <clears throat> So, okay, so, so, there's, so there's nothing you want to do before you die that like you would that is like a like a, wait, a life like a, like a life goal wait i was gonna go i was gonna say that was a big part of the struggle of like amber and my relationship when we were in, in our early 20s is that i didn't know if i ever wanted to have kids and she was like well i i'm having kids it can be with you or without you mm-hmm. and so that was like why we almost broke up because it was I just, I couldn't lie. And I said, I don't know if I want to. And she needed somebody who did want to. Thankfully, that changed for me. Um, What was your question? I'm sorry. So is there so is there anything you need to do before you die now? I don't think so. I'm going to crack this Pilsner or Kel. Let's check Pilsner. Ooh. Always good. Um... No, this is going to maybe sound douchey, but I'm going to crack this bottle first. Let's see if I can get a better sound. It made noise. That's not, I felt like that sounded good. I always feel like, I, I especially feel like this right now in the pandemic. I I feel really grateful to be like, I'm just kind of basic. Mm-hmm. There's not like, I don't want to do a lot. I really don't. I mean, I love, there were some days this, this summer where it was like perfect outside because our backyard is pretty shady. Mm -hmm. I'd sit on our couch outside and if I can sit and read a book for like three hours, four hours, like that's all I want to do. Like one of my favorite memories ever is we went up to my, my mom used to own a house like way, way out in the woods in Wisconsin, like way far away. <laughs> and, uh, Amber and I would go up there and we went up there one time in the late summer. So it was, it was nice enough that you could hang out outside, but it was like, you were out in a hoodie and jeans and they had a couch outside. And I literally for eight hours sat out on that couch. I read an entire book. I would have a couple of beers. I'd put the book down on my chest. I'd fall asleep for a half hour. I'd wake back up. I'd read, I like that is that's my ideal right there. So I don't like there's n- there's not really places I want to go. There's not a lot of things I want to do. I just like I just want to kind of sit and do the things that I do enjoy. Mm-hmm. So I don't but I did I really did. I mean I'm not making that up. I really really like I had blinders on to almost everything else in my life. I really 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 felt like i had to publish a book like i just there was nothing else i could think about 
And then uh-huh. when, when I was 28 and I published a book, it was like, I kind I always talk about it like emerging from just being from having dived underwater or something. Cause it was like, I just came up for air and I was like, well, fuck now. What do I do? I have no idea. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? That, I mean, it was, it was, I, I really think it's the only thing in my life that has been truly an obsession. That was it. Sure. I did that. And I don't even like, if I never publish another book, I'd be fine with it. I'd like to publish more books, but mm-hmm. like if me, if me writing gets in the way of me enjoying my kids, then like writing can fuck off. I don't, I'm going to enjoy my kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't ever feel. I, it, yeah. I don't know. What about you? Um, I don't know. Like probably travel more. Like go to some, go to some other places that are, that are neat. Like it was more, I think that's something that Germany did where it was like, I didn't understand like what it, how, how neat it was to actually go. Mm-hmm. Cause it just seemed, it was, it was like the getting there was hard. It's like, oh, I gotta be on a fucking plane and do this other stuff. But the being there was, made it all worthwhile. Yeah. I wonder, uh, I, w- I wonder if, sorry, keep going. Um, I think you'll have more. You're like, cause once like your kids are like 17, like could give a shit about, <laughs> about like hanging out and playing like, you know, like finger painting with you. There, I think there'll be. I think you'll have things that you desire more outside your house. Like I, I don't think you'll. I don't think just sitting in the house with Amber every day would be enough. Like you'll enjoy it, but I think you'll want to go do other things. I don't know. I might. I think you're underestimating how much I like sitting around with Amber. No, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm not underestimating that. Like, I, I just think that it's mm. it's something where it's like. You'll, because at that point, you know, in like 30 years, you'll be like, wait, like, you know, I, let, let's go do something. Like, if, if that's, like, I can't imagine not. Like, that just seems like the most boring life in the world. Yeah, to you. No, no, but like, like there's nothing wrong with it, but that just seems so utterly, like, mundane, like, too mundane. Maybe. I don't know. I. <clears throat> I think one of the reasons I asked the question in the beginning is because, like I said, like, I, I genuinely, there's nothing I need to do before I die. I genuinely felt like I needed to publish a book. Yeah. And I, I, I have nothing that's so, so the weird, that's like a weird question to me is like, well, I don't feel like there's anything I need to do now. And I do feel like I've had something that felt like that at one point in my life. It doesn't feel like that now. And I don't have anything that feels like that now. Other than like, make sure my kids have food. Like I need, I need my kids need to have food. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maybe it's just your like your your weirdly addictive personality, where like you get so focused on something that things outside of that are impossible to comprehend. I've thought that too. That like, are you saying thinking about anything outside of my kids is is really hard to comprehend? Or yeah, certainly yeah. Like when when you get focused on certain things like that, where it's like, well, like that's. 
Like you, you, you zone, you zone in so hard. Yeah, I definitely, I do do that where I, I, I'm very obsessive. I never noticed it about myself until Amber started to point it out to me. Mm-hmm. I think it's where the, the, like the addictive side, it's like you said, it's obsessive and addictive. Um, but if you can turn it into like obsession, then it, it's better than addiction. Cause that's the thing. It's like, like, like me wanting to go to, to like Japan. Is not me needing to go to Japan? It's just something that I think would be extremely fun to do. Yeah. I think when, I think once my kids are older, I think Amber and I'll travel more. It'll depend on what, I mean, if she's doing Montessori stuff too, because when you're doing Montessori stuff, it's really, it's easy to kind of travel all over. There's, mm-hmm. there's, there's, it's not, there's, op, there's ripe opportunities to travel. Um, and I've actually thought to myself, like going forward in my like professional career, I might want to move into stuff where I can like, I can work from wherever because once my kids are, you know, in college and stuff, mm-hmm. um, yeah, like Amber says, we have friends in Romania. It'd be fun to visit the Romanians. Um, if I could just kind of work anywhere and just go with her. But the other thing, like, I don't, even when my kids are in their 20, I want to be by my kids. I don't want to not be by my kids. Like, no, like, you can be in the same state. Like, yeah. I mean, it doesn't mean you're just, like, gallivanting around Europe for, like, the entire summer or something. It might. I don't know. I just, I, I really, my kids are kind of the, the only thing I think about now. And they'll be, and, they, and they'll be, you know, for the rest of your life. Yeah, but. I just, I, I like them. I want to live where they live. Uh, I, I want to encourage them if they want to live somewhere else to go do that. But it would, I would, it would also break my heart. <laughs> like to not have them by me would be mm-hmm. really sad. Um. But yeah, I, it's like you. I would, I would really love to go to Vietnam. I think more than Japan, I would love to go to Vietnam. Mm-hmm. I'd love to go to Thailand. I would. Do you love think to... you think you'd be sad though if you didn't ever go there? No. No. I like, 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 I, I think I'd be. I'd, I'd probably be sad if I just didn't go to Japan at some point in my life. Okay, that's a good distinction. Then it's like, would you be sad if that's what I was trying to ask at the beginning? I feel like I actually worded it like that, but I might be wrong. Like. I, I, I don't need to go. No, but you would be like, it's like a driving force in my life. But do you think if you're 65 and you never went to Japan, you would regret it? No, I'll just buy a plane ticket to Japan, probably. Like if I if I got to the point where like it was okay. somehow like that controlling of like my that's like, what, well, like, it would make you was a need. It would make you I would, sad. I would just go. Oh yeah, I would just go. So then, it, so that's what I'm saying. It would. What's the difference between it would make you sad and you would regret it? Matt's yelling at you. I don't know why. Huh? Yeah, 65. How about like 90 when you can't just pick up and go that easy? I'm going to paint you in. No, I don't think think I'd be like, I don't think I would. You don't think you would think like, man, I wish I had gone to Japan. I'm I'm sure I would think that, but I don't think it would like, it wouldn't ruin my, like if you walked up to me and like, if we were, if you were like 90 and you're like, Dan, Man, you never made it to Japan. So, do you think of regret as ruin? Yeah, I, th- I think it would be something that would like that it would like it would 
it would I would carry the weight of it. Okay, so when I say would you regret it, you think that that would somehow ruin, it would tarnish what you thought of as your life? Yes. Okay, so would it, but you would be, let's say you're 90 and you never went, you would be bummed out about it? Yeah. Okay, like, I wish, I wish. Like if we were talking about it, probably like, man, I wish I had gone to that weird robot thing in Japan. I wish I had gone to that weird robot thing in Japan, but my life was also pretty sweet. That's kind of, that's kind of what you're saying. Yeah. Whereas if it was regret, it would be like a thing that tarnishes every other thing in your life. I'm just trying to yes. put, like, like, like you, you would start thinking, like you would start like running through. Why didn't I, what, what did I do that kept me from doing this thing? That makes sense. Okay. And that's, that's, that's like your book thing. Like, and that's like, I, I don't think I have anything I, I need or want that bad. That's what I was trying to get to at the beginning is like, there is, there's a difference in there somewhere where like, yeah, yeah. if, if I didn't publish a book, I would have felt like I didn't live my life right. <laughs> well, yeah. We're like, I think a bucket list is probably the want. Okay. It's so like, the, like these, like these are the things I want to do before I die. So, okay. Now that we have the definition down, I can start saying the things that I would, I would like to do. <laughs> uh, Kimmy says, I've been to Japan. I hope you like living out of vending machines. I know I did. I think I would love I it. Mean, it's, it seems like a baller place to go. Um, let's see. So, so for me, it would be, because it was, it was just one, wasn't it? Like, what is the one thing? I think so. Um, what is the one thing you feel like you have to do? So it's like, what would be number one on your list? I, th- I think as I've wanted to go there so long, that it would probably just be that. Go to Japan? Yeah. I think mine would probably be finish my book series. That, 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 that's probably a good one for you. Like I do, f- I do feel like what you were saying, if I get to the, if I get to 90, and it's like, man, I never published book three in that series. That's that's kind of a bummer. But then I would also think, I mean, I hope, right Like right now, I would be like, yeah, but my life was also really rad. Like, and I really do feel like that. Like, if you, I feel like they're, especially like working at a high school, I feel mm-hmm. like there are high school kids who would look at my life and be like, what do you mean your life is really rad? And I just feel like, with maturity, I've just come to realize like, Oh, I, and I'm not, I don't mean this in any kind of like holier than thou douchey way, because I think a lot of us in movie night are like this. I really feel like I have something that people, a lot of people in the world covet, which is like peace of mind and happiness. Mm-hmm. Like I'm happy 98% of the time. I'm just like, I just get to be happy. I mean, I might be grumpy about something at work or like, my kids are driving me crazy, but like, I don't, I, I'm the best way to say it is like, I'm in want of nothing. There's nothing in my life that I feel like is lacking. And so it's like, if I never published that book, but I got to live the rest of my life in that way, like I, I lived in want of nothing. Then I, then it's like, you're saying it's like, well, I'd be bummed, but it wouldn't, it wouldn't really ruin the awesome life I had had. And, and that's the thing that I think that's where like the, when I think of it's, it's more the, the want stuff. Cause it's like, I can't imagine a world where there's something that I need so badly that like, I can't, like, I, I guess I've never, I've never been that singularly driven for a thing. Yeah. Uh, 
So it, 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 it's just more of like a fun things I'd like to do. Sorry, Gibby's comment made me laugh. Oh, just keep rubbing movie night in my face. We need to have like a public movie night chat too. So, so Big J, you want to go to like like the the cradle of civilization? Like you like you want to go to Africa slash old 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 place in the Middle East? I think I have to go to Africa. Both nature reserves and the starting point of civilization. That'd be cool. And the, yeah, what Vitam Anderson says: having kids changed my mindset. All the wants become trivial compared to them. It's like, well, they just become your want. Like, I want them to get what they want. Well, that's not even true. I like what my mom... I, I've used this a few times with Nemo. My mom would always say, like, my job as a parent is not to give you what you want. It's to give you what you need. Yeah. Um, you still give them what they want sometimes. Oh, yeah. But it's it's... The easy thing to do as a parent is to give your kids what they want because it feels really good to give your kids what they want. Like, when my kid is like, Papa, do you think I ate a good dinner? And I'm like, yeah, you ate a good dinner. And he's like, can I get a treat? But it's like a Tuesday and we don't really have treats on Tuesday. It's like, no, buddy. Like, I don't want to tell you no. You're so sweet and you're so cute. I want to I give you a treat. But, like, you don't need a treat every night. And you need yeah. to learn that. Mm-hmm. Um, movie night is now on my bucket list. <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? shit i totally oh me and uh big j were texting about this last night and it just it popped back into my head because we were talking about school earlier and like grades and just like ah fuck it get a b and i was saying one of the things i want to try to instill in my kids that i don't think was instilled in me is like you're not getting an a to get good grades in high school like that's not the point you're not the way i think about it now at 35 is like the point wasn't to get in like I'm not smart enough to go to Harvard probably. Maybe I am. I don't think that I am. But you should still try to get the best grades that you possibly can because what you're doing in high school is you're like you're you need to learn how to try hard at things. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Like you need to learn how to put effort forward into something. And so so you're not getting an A because your parents want to. You're not getting an A to impress your teachers. You're not getting an A for your college applications. It's like try to get an A to like really, really try at something. Like try to get 100%. Just to learn how to, just to, learn how to put forward effort. James and I were texting about that last night with our kids. Sorry, go ahead. Uh you can want it. You, you can you can want that A. Yeah, you can, for sure. Well, I think that's a part of it. It's like, I want the A because I've tried so hard. It's like they're they're weirdly intertwined. And I, I think there, there is something, too, in also doing it for, like, like it... There's, no, there's nothing wrong with doing something sometimes to make someone else happy. Like... So like, I don't think there's anything wrong where like if uh like he might take a class Who's he in the sentence, my son? Your son. Okay. Yeah. Uh like Pantera one oh two. He might not he might not love Pantera himself, but he's like, Man, you know what? I'm gonna take this class. I know dad really loves Pantera. Maybe I'll like Pantera. 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this one for him. I'll tell you what, right now, <laughs> if high school offers Pantera 101, I'm t- I'm auditing that class with my son. That'd be cool. I'm gonna sit in on this one with you. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, I mean, but, that, no, that's no, also you, part you of you have building. to want to do it. Like you, you don't get any. You like if you want to truly enjoy it, though, you have to want to do it for yourself. Yeah, and I just think it would be interesting to go back to high school with that mindset of like, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try for this whole semester to have a 4.0, because you can. I don't think unless you're like really smart, like me, I could fuck around and and not really study and not pay attention and get B's. It was you know C's and B's. It was fine. And like mm-hmm. end end the semester with a B minus or you know a, a, just a straight B, mm-hmm. but you actually have to try to get an A. And my thinking in high school was always like, this isn't like the high school is not really going to have any bearing on my life. Like the grades that I got in my tenth grade whatever bullshit class, it's not going to really have any bearing on the rest of my life. So why would I why would I put effort into it? When I can have fun with my friends, fucking stealing stuff from Matt's work, <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean. Your, like your your high school mindset was very skewed from a like a well, what it, I would want my kids. It was just <laughs> like I want to I want to fuck around, and do hood rat shit with my friends. I don't. Why would I put all this extra effort into it? And now what I'm realizing at 35 that I I'm hopeful that if I talk to my kids about it and I don't tell them this is, they have to do it because I want I think what I'll tell my kids I have to wait until they're like that age, but I think what I'll tell them is like, hey man, if you're not getting into a bunch of trouble and you want to hang out with your friends and have fun, and you can do like the minimal amount of work and get B's like I did and graduate high school and go on, do it because I would be a hypocrite to tell you that it's a it's a bad choice because that's what I did and I'm really happy and I have a good life. But what I've realized as an adult is that the effort that I could have put in, in high school would have had a bearing on my life. Not because somebody would have said, Oh, Adam got an a in whatever dumb bullshit class he took in 10th grade, but because I would, at a younger age have understood more about what it meant to put effort into something and getting an outcome that I was seeking. Does that make sense? Sure. Like that, that, that could have had a lot of bearing on my life and my writing, how much I could have gotten done before I had kids. Like it, it doesn't, it doesn't mean there there was something to get out of high school that wasn't illuminated for me because all I was told was get good grades and go to college. But that's mm-hmm. not the point. The point of getting a good grade is that if you, tr- you need to learn that if you try at something, you can, you like, you can get it. And so you do like you, it's like you're saying you do have to want it, but you have to say like, I'm going to try this semester to get a 4.0. And if you start speaking it and saying like, I want a 4.0 this semester, not because it's going to do anything for me in college, but because I, I just, I want to see if I can do it. And then once you kind of tell yourself, like, I want to see if I can do it, you'll start trying harder and harder to do it. 
and you're you're like it's like a skill that you're cultivating and so fuck whatever dumb class you're getting an a in but you're learning how to try at things and i just don't think anybody ever told me that that was a part of high school yeah and like that's that's also distinct to i think the way you think like your psychology like that like that like that's the what that would that would have been the way to get you to learn i wonder if it would have like there, but there, there might be someone that just truly loves mathematics and is like, doing oh, I see what you're saying. The math, math for the grade. He's like, I fucking love this shit. Yes. Like it's it, it's not so much about teaching himself self respect. It's about he just truly enjoys the no, subject matter. A hundred percent. You're right because when I took any of the classes I took that involved writing, like I still remember one of the best compliments I ever got in my whole call or my whole high school career was, I, it was a new teacher. And I had to I had to write a story for this class, mm-hmm. and I like wrote a story and printed a draft and gave it to my mom and she read it and gave me notes, and then I like redrafted it, gave copies to my mom and my stepdad and they read it and gave me some more notes, like did a third draft and they were like yeah this is good I think it's good and I turned it into this teacher, and then like the next day or the next week or whatever, she was like hey I need to talk to you and I was like oh, and I I was kind of used to like getting in trouble so I was like oh, I know I. I did something like I know what this tone is mm-hmm. and she sat down and she was like do you know what plagiarism is like do you know what how plagiarism is divined and I was like yeah because <laughs> I was like in 11th grade it was like yeah. I'm not dumb <laughs> like I'm yeah and she's like we need to talk about your story and I was like what and she was like where like where did this come from and I was like I wrote it and she was like but what was the inspiration for it and I was like I don't it, like I wrote it it was in my mind and she was like, did you, so you need to be honest with me because if you're lying, it's going to be worse. And I need to know if you stole, like you stole the story or like where it came from. And I was like, no, dude, like we can get my mom on the phone right now. And I was so, like, it's so, it's so funny. Cause I was so excited. I was like, you can call my mom. I, I printed out drafts of this for my mom. And like, I, and I told her, I was like, I love writing. It's like, all I want to do is write. And it was this cool moment where she was like, Adam, this is really good. Like, I didn't think anybody as a junior could have written this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like that. I was so excited the rest of the day. And like, I got home and I told my mom the story. <laughs> and I, I'll never forget my mom's response. Because she goes, wait, you're excited because your teacher thought you were a cheater? <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I went, no, fuckhead. Like she didn't, she thought the paper was so good that nobody in any of her classes could have written it on their own. So like, yes, you're right. Point of that story is that I did like, if it was something that I was passionate about, I would try really hard at it. But there, there, there is something in life to like, you're not always going to be super passionate about things No. and like learning how to force yourself to do those things is an incredible skill to have. That's what high school and partly college is it's like you have the things that you think you want to be doing for the rest of your life right like, like for you it was writing uh like it could be you know a kid that really wants to go and become like a biochemical engineer he's going to go and he's gonna he, and he's gonna he's gonna love ap biochem he's gonna love ap chemistry he's gonna love ap physics but like he has to go to gym class and it's it's what you're saying is basically it's true like you when you get to that when you get to that class you don't want to take you, you have to understand, like, that's the way life is, though. You have to take this thing. 
So why not just give it? Why not just prove to yourself that you can do it? That you, yeah, that you can get the A. And exactly. I mean that even with writing, like that's what I'm saying. I didn't learn that. I didn't. I didn't get really good at that until later in life. And I wondered Mm -hmm. if I had tried harder in high school, if I could have done it better. Where like, you know, fifty percent of the days at least you don't want to write. Mm-hmm. Mo- m- for sure more than 50% of the days you don't want to get up at 4.30 and write mm-hmm. but after 25 I was really good at making myself get up at 4.30 in the morning to write do you know what I mean yeah um, like I th- but I might have been better at it if I had if I had learned how to force myself to do those things I didn't like and I like what yeah. Big J says he says discipline versus motivation and it's one of the areas where I mean, this was after I already got good at it, but it's one of the areas where, like, I really like the way uh, Jordan Peterson will talk about it. You know, and I'm kind of off that whole bullshit Joe Rogan train, but I still like Jordan Peterson where he just, he talk like, it's just even a thing you're passionate about, you're not going to want to do every day. Mm-hmm. And you're just going to be ahead of the game if you can learn earlier how to manage yourself and make yourself do those things. Mm-hmm. Vitamin Anderson says, man, Ad, you were sneaky competitive. I don't know what can you explain what I what I was being competitive about? Because I You 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 liked winning her respect. Like you you got you got you got you got a jolt of energy out of like the fact that you were the best at writing. That was pretty cool. <laughs> I didn't but I didn't it wasn't that I thought I was better than the other kids. It was just like she just didn't think a junior could have written this story. Mm-hmm. She thought it was like too advanced for any junior. I, I, I don't know. You were proud that no one else could have written the paper. Okay. Well, I guess, I guess in that case, but I, I don't know. Maybe I have a skewed idea of what other people think of as competitive. I wasn't, I wasn't happy because I was like, yeah, I'm better than all you suckers. It was just like I did something so well that she didn't think a 17-year-old was capable of it. Yeah. Um. Big J says, I've had lots of talks with friends about discipline versus motivation and how to frame your life around it uh and vitamin anderson says in finding motivation to do better is the definition of self-competitiveness i am very competitive with myself i'll say that mm-hmm. um well probably not very i'm I, I would probably i'm probably the normal amount of competitive with myself that people are um shit what was the other thing i was gonna say oh one of the things that I did realize as a as like a kid, kind of on my own, and I think a big part of it was like working jobs at fourteen and seeing people who were adults working the jobs I was working as a fourteen year old, and they were like they hated it and they were kind of miserable. Mm-hmm. Um, I realized that the people the kind of the people that I didn't want to be like, for lack of a better phrase or it's kind of a mean way to say it i don't i don't mean it to be like mean but it just is looking at people when i was younger and saying these people don't seem to have any self-control is what i thought of it so that's remember when i used to do no meat may Mm -hmm. that's where that whole thing came from is like i would look at these people and think Mm -hmm. they can't like they can't seem to make themselves do anything so what no meat may was when i was 15 i I used to think like a meal isn't a meal unless it has meat with it. Uh, 
And so when I was 15, I decided like, well, a thing that I can force myself to do that I won't enjoy that will be hard enough is to not, I won't eat meat for all of May. So I would do no meat May. And then I did, I would, as I got older, I would do other little challenges and make myself do, like force myself to do things that I didn't want to do or that not that I didn't want to do, but that were like hard to do. And I didn't think of it as discipline at the time, but it was like, I just didn't, I didn't think I would look at people. I'm trying not to do this. I'm trying to do this without being degrading to other people. But it was like, I would, I would be working at Burger King as a 14 year old looking at people who definitely didn't want to be there and who were kind of miserable being there and say like the thing that these people seem to have in common is they don't have any self-control. Mm-hmm. Like they can't stop themselves from making dumbass decisions and they can't, they can't get themselves to do the things that they know that they should be doing. And all that was, it wasn't totally conscious in that way. It is now at 35, but basically it was like the way I thought about it was like, I need to be better at self-control to not kind of go down these roads, to not constantly be doing whatever my dumb knee jerk thing is that I want to do. And so it started as no meet may. And that's kind of what I'm saying that I want to try to help illuminate to my kids is like, this is, this is where you learn how to try. And -hmm. if you really learn how to try, it's going to put you ahead of a lot of people, but it's just, it's, it's going to be something that comes back positively in your life again and again and again and again and again in all these ways that like, I'm sorry, but you're just too young to understand. Like, I still don't really get it, but I'm starting to see kind of the way that things are interwoven and like, man, learning how to, learning how to put effort into things and, and really get yourself to try your best is, is a, is a really valuable asset. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Big J says, are you saying you were the original sober October? No, not November, fat free February. Uh, no, I don't, I don't think I don't want to stop myself from doing that. Uh, I think, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how much, um, how much sports your kid gets into. Because I yeah. feel like that, like they 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 do like if you get if you get the right coach and and like and it's because it, it, it can be such a toxic environment, mm-hmm. but if you, but like it can also be the exact opposite. Like you can have like you know, uh, like an amazing coach who's just like who teach who like instills like basically what you're talking about, but like distilled into a sports game. Yeah, where it's like it's like just you know go out there and like you know like do the best you can um it's a lot of times it's more like do the best you can for the team like because like but like you but you learn to understand like the benefit of like the team doing well is you also get to do well like but that that's that's more like that that's less that's less selfish than what you're talking about well yeah what i'm talking about is selfish oh yeah 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 that, that that's that's the same thing, but put on like a like a team like a like a like a frame of mind of like a team like because like that's the weird thing about like the the guys that are like the best at the sports they are like they're selfish but they also understand like the benefit of like like he's like okay I like like LeBron James like I can be I'm the best I can do the things I need to do and I, I can 
I can, you know, I can go out there and I can be great, but I also need to do the thing I can do to make my team better. And it's like, like there's, there's like different aspects. Cause like, you're not always going to be alone. So you're going to also need to know how to operate in a group setting with that mindset. Otherwise you'll just become a hermit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that. uh, It's a part of the reason. Wasn't I don't know if it's still this way, but wasn't Gretzky for a long time not only the leading scorer in the NHL, but the leader in assists? Oh yeah, he was he was the points. Like no one ever come close to his points total because he like he knew how to like like him being so good made everybody like it made it so much easier for his teammates. Yeah. Um, and they were also great too, but that's that's the thing. I think that's something that you you've gotten better at, like because. Finding comfort in a group setting, like 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 fi- like finding people that make you better and like make you want to be better. Yeah, that was another thing that took a while for me to figure out. Was like, I don't, I still don't really know. I was just thinking about this the other day, and I don't really know. I don't really know how to explain it yet, but it's. There were people who were like fun to be around, but they were also kind of shitty people. Mm-hmm. And be- like, I I think yeah, if they're just kind of shitty to other people, like they're gonna be shitty to you too. And then yeah, I don't know the I I really don't understand still like how I lucked out to have the friends that I do. <laughs> it's like I've talked about it before, like friends who were just patient with me. Mm-hmm. Uh. Or like my wife, who's just been patient with me. Like I really, I don't get it. Like I don't see in myself what other people I assume would have seen to be like. Yeah, I'm gonna keep being friends with Adam. He's kind of crazy, <laughs> or he can be kind of an asshole. I don't know. Maybe that's- maybe other people don't even see it either. I don't. You know, I have no idea. But I was just thinking about that the other day, like how you kind of slowly weave people out of your life and and hopefully the people you're weaving out are the people who don't make you want to be better. Right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, like of the people that I am, like, like, good friends with in my life, I know that, like, if, like, I went crazy and, like, quit my job, like, you know, like, they would be upset and they would like, you know, like it, it would be, they wouldn't just accept that sort of thing. Yeah. Please it's don't, because they know. Please yeah. don't quit. Right hmm? now. Please don't quit right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, for sure. For you, I won't. People wouldn't let you just lay down. Exactly. Um, um and like, that's I, like, that's like, oh, go ahead. I was going to bring up Pete and Jesse. Cause like, even mm-hmm. them, like I, that was so, weird and foreign to me where like we drove out to Colorado mm-hmm. and they took us out drinking and then they let us stay at their house and the next day they were like here's all this rock climbing gear you can take my car and drive it like way far away and go rock climbing and it was like I like it was really weird because it was like I don't trust this this feels mm-hmm. weird because so many of the people I had been around it was like there would always be some catch. There would always be some like thing that you then owed them or 
Yeah, yeah. It just it so like learning to trust that stuff and learning how to find people to trust that stuff with was kind of a a mm-hmm. minefield for me because even that one it was like I, this doesn't feel right. Like I the other shoe is going to drop eventually and I don't know what it is. And then it like just slowly learning how to accept like, Oh no, Pete and Jesse are like, Dan, they're just decent people. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I don't know how to, they don't need something like in return for like, just like, and, and it's something where like, it's like, you know, like they, they don't need anything, but they figure it's like, Oh, if, you know, if I'm ever driving through, like, you know, like well, Adam will take me out to dinner. If I'm like stopping in Minnesota, like he'd be happy to see me. Yeah. That was the other thing is when we were driving back from Amherst dad once, we just happened to mention to Jesse that we were going to be driving through Colorado. And he's like, come stay with us. Mm-hmm. But at that point I knew them well enough to be like, Oh no, he really, like he really means that mm-hmm. it's not like lip service. Uh, but that, like, I just hadn't had a lot of experience with people like that in my life. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of a new thing to like, start to trust that just people were there are people who are just like decent and good and that like <laughs> oh i can be that way too and it feels really good mm-hmm. uh and yeah big j brings up uh paul who is our father-in-law paul's cousin in arizona let us stay at their house drive his shelby cobra after knowing him for like 36 hours it was weird shoot his guns they were a little too nice. It's it it like I think if you grow up around certain I don't know I don't know what it is, but it was like it's hard for me to trust that. I'm was, I, even now it, I'm still mistrustful of people when I first meet them. It's it's like it's so weird because like that was that was just what I was raised in. Yeah, because like like just the community on like the street that I grew up. It was that's that's all it was. It was like no one ever seemed like they were. It was all these parents and their kids, and they just hung out all the time and like drank beer together. And it never seemed like anyone was there. Was never anything nefarious. It was just people show up. Oh, we're, we're, you know, hey, we're going to build a deck. Okay, well, you know, people will show up for a weekend and help you build a deck. It was. It was never like a. It was like it. It was such a. It was the exact opposite of like the way. Like so, I never. I never had that. I never had to. I never had to combat that mentality of. Of that's just how people are. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm sure I'm naive in some ways. Like I'm sure there, like it would, someone would, could probably take advantage of me a lot easier than yeah, you. But, yeah, but nobody because I would, has because I would be more trusting. I get, maybe, but nobody has. I it might. Yet. You might be able to argue that it's better to just live your life like you. I have no idea. But it was or like maybe, or like maybe somebody did, and they were just like, I can't do that to this guy. It's just too easy. He's, <laughs> I I think if there are people that are going to take advantage, they don't give a fuck. Yeah, they don't care. Uh, let's see. Uh, Big J says, I'm a pretty sore loser, so I just don't lose. We got to go back up and chat a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, before that, Vitam Anderson says, winning feels really good too, both academically and sports-like. And then he says, I've become far more self-competitive as I've gotten older uh, compared to competitive with others, but I'm still competitive with others. I'm just a lot less sore loser nowadays. I am in less group competition in general, Big J says. I'm the one I'm around the most, and I have always been my worst enemy. So one-upping myself has become the best types of compa- competition. Um, Vitamin Anderson says, Adam, I don't think you're as challenging to be around as you think. Thank you. I don't know. 
I just think of like like the time I I just think of like I hope that if my friends need none of my friends have ever needed me to do something like this, but I hope if they did I would go do it the way they but like I think of Matt me being miserable and drunk out in River Falls and not and that was like one of those moments where you realize like everybody out here is kind of an awful person to be like they're not good people. You know the crowd I'm talking about out in River Falls. No, it's not like that, like that Oakdale thing where you're like, I don't know where I am. Yeah, like it's that same thing. Matt's done it for me twice. I've talked about it on the podcast before where I'm like, I don't, these aren't people I want to be around. Mm-hmm. And like, just comes and rescues me. That's where I think like, oh, fuck, Adam's got himself into some dumbass situation again and I have to go save him. That's what, more what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um... Bing J says it helps that I'm so awesome. I'm kind of on another level from others, so not a lot of competition around. And then later says total sarcasm for those who don't know me. Um, I so one of the weird things with competition for me is I don't. Uh oh, sorry, I skipped one of Kibby's. Kibby says I'm one of one of those shitty people who's fun to be around. <laughs> <laughs> um, I bet that's true. Um. Oh, competition. I. This is gonna sound really douchey, and maybe it is, but like, video games that are competitive, or even sports, for the most part, as a kid, I ne- like I I'm I'm not a sore loser because I always just kind of kind of felt like like eh, what does it matter? Does that make sense? Yeah, like like it doesn't mean like you you won't necessarily get upset in the moment, but it doesn't it doesn't weigh on you the rest of the day. Uh, it means like, like I won't. Like, I've heard you get mad at FromSoft games when like you when like you're trying to get like a no hit. That's self, like, you're, that's you're, you're competitive. Definitely... I'm saying like if you and me were playing a competitive game against oh. each other, or like mm-hmm. if we're playing spike ball. Like and it's oh, me. Yeah, it's me sure. and Amber up against me and uh, 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 excuse me. If it's me and Amber up against Matt and Anne, like no one, no one's gonna have fun. Aunt, like Aunt, <laughs> Amber's gonna miss a point, and I'm like, oh, it's all right. Your boobs looked funny while you were doing it, or something. Uh, whereas I think uh, Matt and Anne would get like, they would be like, come on, you gotta get that. <laughs> Um, not in like an angry way. I like, that's why I'm struggling to say it. Like, it's not angry, but it was like, they're just competitive. Like we like, they want, they want to win. They like, Mm -hmm. and whereas I'm just like, I don't, this is, I'm just here to hang out with my friends. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Vitamin says, no, we got got angry at each other that day. It's (laughs) It's okay to say she is as oh. competitive as I am. And he also says, I always got the vibe that you used it as a defense mechanism. You might be right. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I think the way that I start to think is like, this game has no bearing on my life. I, but I want, I want to, I want this time that I spend with my friends to be fun. Mm-hmm. And like, if I get too into whether or not I'm winning, I, I, I'm not speaking for anybody else. If I get too into whether or not I'm winning, I don't have fun. So I'd rather have fun, but I'll, I'll probably never win any of those tournaments. 
mm-hmm. because I just don't, I don't, I care more about the enjoyment of it, the the way that I'll enjoy it. Because I think other people enjoy it by being competitive. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I don't enjoy, like, I don't enjoy being competitive. It makes, it makes me, I don't like the way it makes me feel. It makes me feel like this. <laughs> That's why I did that. It, may, it makes me feel tense and like, and I don't, sure. I don't like that. Sure. Yeah. So I, so I, so I kind of just don't, I don't, the way that I get enjoyment is not out of being competitive, but I think a lot of people get enjoyment from being competitive. Even if they lose, they still enjoyed like the competitiveness parts of it. Does that make sense? Oh, 3 million percent. You're, you know, I played sports since I was like two. <laughs> and, like everyone in my family did. Like that's, that's like, I, in, I enjoy competing. Like, it's just, it's just something that's really fun to me. Like, just, like, like, I, I've, I've, I still get, like, upset. Like, less so at, like, a, like, a spike ball. Like, I'll, I'll try my best and I'll want to win. Yeah. Um, but I won't necessarily get super upset if I don't win at spike ball. Um, like, I'll yell if I get shot and, like, war zone where like it's like god damn it like i like like i really oh, felt no. like i should have won that i heard you get mad last night at one point you went god damn it and like hit the oh. and it was like oh that was a real mad from dan oh yeah uh so like i, I could definitely get men in like a like a competitive situation um i get special joy sometimes out of in the process of competing somebody else getting mad if they're not winning that makes me want to beat them more <laughs> because for so like it like it it, it like it, it it's like like i've had that i've had that feeling before uh where it's like oh man this person's taking this so fucking seriously this is great and uh like i've had that with ryan before big time like uh ribotron you know he'll for sure probably the most competitive person we know him or matt yeah. Uh, I haven't seen that much of competitive Ryan. I've seen a lot of sure. competitive Matt. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's that's true. But, man. I wonder if it's yeah. something that I could have learned, is how to, uh-huh. how to enjoy being competitive, but, like, not making it make me feel tense. Because that's the thing. Like, like, I've had it before where, like, I, I enjoyed playing, like, hockey, and like the competing, so like every time I was on the ice, I like I tried my best. Mm-hmm. But like there were times that my parents were like they would say like like I knew my team was bad, and so like I knew there really wasn't like so if we lost, I wasn't upset about it. Like um, I've but I've been on I've been on teams where like I knew we were good, and so like we'd be playing baseball and like we'd be you know it'd be the championship game like I. Like if we had a lost that game, I probably would have been more upset because I'm like, I'm ah, like, like shit. Like I knew, like I knew we were like a really good team, mm. so it, it definitely would have, it definitely would have hurt more. You told me if about we, this. I wonder if you've said that on the podcast. It was like when you, yeah, when you know you would win, you should win. It would hurt when you lost. Yeah, because you you definitely had a much better chance of winning. So like, there's like the it's it's like the carrot and the stick thing where it's like I, I want, I want us to win, so. I like it, like maybe there's something in my head where I think I have to like turn it a little harder 
to like put myself in like that ultra competitive mode to like just kind of like it, it definitely happened like probably like the, like the like the last like competitive sport when I was in soccer when like our team was like legitimately good and we would go and like we would we would beat we would beat on certain teams like I got I think I got I got mad at, at a ref once. I forget. I, I can't remember why now, but I, I distinctly remember like I'd pay money like, to see that. Like, being, like the like 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 when a coach is like, "Hey, like just stop for a second. <laughs> I I would pay like twelve dollars to see that VHS. Uh, but yeah, it's it's I don't know. It's just one of those things where it's like I or like I feel like I would have been competitive even without my upbringing like it's just something that i I just enjoy competing just the fact that like everyone in my family played sports made it easier to like find find like an outlet for it like that's what my outlet became yeah like just go in and you know playing hockey in the winter and baseball and soccer in the summer yeah i well i'm also thinking about uh Something Big J says. So he says, I was in a softball league a couple of years ago and was fairly out of shape smoking and not exercising, but was still the most in-shape person on the team, and we lost all 11 or 12 games of the season. It sucked. I had fun, and it was good to hang out with friends, but I definitely got mad at my friends and teammates. One of the things I realized somewhere along the way, I think it was after Matt kicked me out of the fantasy football league, mm-hmm. um, but it was like a realization that like, was building and kind of culminated there is like one of the reasons I kind of don't do competitive things with my friends that, that are competitive is like, I, I don't, I don't want to ruin things for them. Like I, they like it. So I want them to have fun, but it's like James is saying, if I was on a sale, if I was on a softball team for like a fu- for fun mm-hmm. and somebody hits like a, I don't know what it would be called. If, I'm the first base person, the first baseman. You, you, you watch baseball all the time now. Come on. <laughs> if I was the first baseman and the, you know, it's like a, a ball that goes by me. And if I had like dove, I could have, I could have got it and like stopped the play. Right. Uh-huh. I'm not uh-huh. diving. Yeah. Like I'm just gonna be like, ah, shucks. I missed it. That outfielder off to get it. And then it's like a base hit or a two base hit. Sure. But then like the act, the competitive people are like, it kind of ruins it a little bit for them. And I don't want to be that guy. So I just, I just won't do it. Cause I know, like, I just know I'm not going to try. I don't care enough. I'm just not going to try. It's one of those things where it's like, I, I'd be intrigued to know if you were on the field though. Like in that, in that ball got hit at you. If you would, if you would try and make the play, Cause there's, there's, there's something deeply fun in like trying, like it's, it's not so much the competitive point at that part. It's like, can I fucking do this? That's so. That's where I think my psychology would have to change. Is like, how yeah. good can I actually be if I really try? Because like that was like I remember like playing catch with my dad, where like you do the ones where like I make him throw it so I had to dive for it. Yeah, I wasn't. Beating it. It's just like I wonder if I can catch this. Like no, I never did. And you, that. you get like a little endorphin rush of like you know like like like, like just like like diving for the ball. I'm definitely gonna try doing that with Nemo though. That oh, so, like, you, you can go diving everywhere. Uh I didn't see my dad a lot growing up. <laughs> oh, sorry. I keep bringing up these wounds. <laughs> um, hold on. Chat's moving. Uh, let's see. Everybody, shut up. Uh, 
Man. I think anxiety and excitement are very close to each other, probably, because that's after the baseball thing. Where is that? So you got the huge... Oh, thank you. So uh, Matt says anxiety. I didn't say anxiety. I said it makes me feel tense. Mm-hmm. Which Because I... There can be good anxiety, and I think anxiety can be a driver towards good things. But it makes me it it makes me feel like this. Like I just don't I don't like it. Um, but Big J says 100% nervous excitement is a big rush. Vitaminson says the more you do something competitive, the easier and more enjoyable it gets. Uh, Big J says like first up to bat, first game of the season, super nervous, super excited. I mm-hmm. wouldn't be either. Like that. I'm not making that up. I just I would be up there and I would be like, eh, if I think I'll if I think it's a pitch I'll swing at, I'll swing at it. And if people get mad at me, I don't give a fuck. Which is why I'm not a professional baseball player because you have like you have to care, but it's also the reason you, that you you just wouldn't have played baseball. Well, but it, like even as a kid it was like, oh, whatever. Well, but that's not what I'm saying. Like that's why you just didn't play these sports. The only time I ever remember getting really mad, it was kind of like you were saying. It, we were in hockey, and we were in the semifinal that would determine who was going to the final. Ooh, nice! Like our team was good, mm-hmm. and we just made a few shitty plays and lost the game. Mm-hmm. And it was like you. It was like, the, and none. Like this, the thing I remember hating the most is like none of it was my fault. Like I, I did all the things I was supposed to do, and I played mm-hmm. like I played as best as I could play, and like it still wasn't good enough because other people didn't do to what I was perceiving. It was like other sure. people didn't do their best. They may have done their best, and just people have off days or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. But that I, that was the time where it was like you were saying, like I felt like we should have won that game, but we missed a few opportunities, and I remember I cried, like I cried, wow. I was so mad. I was, I was like, I still remember it. That sucked because it was like, I, I feel maybe I'm, I'm misremembering it, but I feel like I even remember like thinking like if I could have just got to the final, that would have been enough to know that I played in the final game of something, whether or not we won the final, it was like, I just wanted to be in the fight. Like, cause it's still for my whole life for 35 years, I've never gotten to be in the final of anything. Mm-hmm. And so I like, I could have been in the final like me and what my team and one other team, it was like that was it. You were the two best teams. It's yeah, something like I, I, I definitely didn't, I definitely can't like remember the conversation. But there's, there were 100 percent times where like driving home in the minivan where my parents had to like explain to me, yeah, that it, that it's it's, you know, it's fine. Like your team has had a bad like like they had, they had basically they had to instill it like that's it's it's okay that you guys lost that like like it's it hurt because like you that's because you wanted it and that that's fine but it's that was you'll be you're you're gonna wake up tomorrow and everything's gonna be okay that was the thing for me in that game because i was i was taught like i remember what i was freaking out about in the van on the way home was the other players who had screwed up Mm -hmm. and having the conversation with my parents like well do you not think that they wanted it as bad as you did like of course they did. They mm-hmm. they you know they were all very sad when they lo- like when you guys lost. They did their best. You can't blame them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just don't win. Like yeah, it's, um, it's, it's a tough pill to swallow when you're a kid. <laughs> hmm. It's a tough pill to swallow. Oh, yeah. when you're a kid. Um, 
Big J says, I get the same razor sharpness when hunting, focusing on a deer for 15 minutes with your bow. Try not to make a sound. Keep an eye on the other deer. Line up your shot, knowing you have one. Now, that's something I would love. So that, so, because later on, uh, Vitamin Anderson says there's a good tension just as there's a good anxiety. I don't disagree. And I would love that. And it's the same thing that comes in like, remember when we were lead climbing? So for the people who don't know, mm-hmm. lead climbing is instead of a rope that's already strung above you, that if you fall, you fall like this far, you are bringing your rope up with you. And there's usually like six feet in between the clips that you're clipping into. So if you miss a clip, you fall six feet down to the clip and then probably another like six to eight feet of rope. So you could fall like up to 15 feet when you like they're huge falls and the i really liked the amount like everything goes away there's nothing that exists when you're like you're sitting on the wall trying to like can i get that hold and then clip there is Mm -hmm. it's like big j is saying i like that tension i like that anxiety where like all the world just goes away and you're trying to you're trying to determine whether or not you can clip in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would really like to hunt more because the times that I've gone hunting, I remember the one of the first times I I never got to hunt growing up. First time I ever went hunting was with Big J. And we went hunting. And I remember I was like, we were sitting there for the longest time, just like focused on everything around you. And then I just, I started to hear this like, and I was like, oh, I think I hear a deer. And I started to look around and like could not figure out where I could hear this noise from. And then I looked and like way down under the tree stand, like kind of far away from where we were, there was just one leaf that was still on the tree and it was just scratching against the branch that it was on. And it just, it was this cool moment of like, man, that's how focused you get is like this stupid little leaf. I mean, it was like a tiny little leaf just scratching on a branch. But like my mind picked up on that because you just get so honed in that mm-hmm. I do like that kind of stuff, but I don't associate that with competition at all, I guess. It, it, it's, it's, it's you versus the deer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's competition versus the deer. Uh, like, can, like, like, can, can you, can you beat it? It wants to live, you know, <laughs> it's going to do everything in its power to not get shot. You're not wrong. <laughs> Vitamin Anderson says, that is what you want your kids to do, so it's good advice. I don't know what he was talking about. Uh, Big J says, it's all self-competition to be the best in the moment I can. No fuck-ups allowed. See, that, yeah, I don't associate that with competition either. Uh, Vitamin Anderson's way late to the party, says, because Schwad had asked, Matt kicked you out of his fantasy football league? And so... Vitamin Anderson says, I didn't kick him out. He stopped setting his line up halfway through the season and didn't want to participate anymore. It was a tactic. You started setting my line up for me, and I almost won or won. I can't remember. You might have won that one time. Yeah. So my tactic was make Matt play my team for me, and then I won. Um, it worked. I, I don't know. Like You, you have your... Like maybe the version of competitiveness in your head, like that sort of competitiveness, is very is very toxic competitiveness. I think so. Well, well, like it, it only leads to like like upset feelings or being like, uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. Because like, well, also... like, it, it, like if, if someone, if like a really good sportsman is, is playing his sport, like he's he's in that same zone that you are waiting for that deer, but he's doing it for 60 minutes. Like he's just, he's basically trying to like put himself in the perfect position to get that goal slash deer over the course of the game. That's an interesting way to think about it is that you're in that zone for a long time and that's what's addicting. Mm-hmm. Oh, it, like I can imagine, like I, it's, it is, yeah. I get that. I just don't. I just for, and that's what I'm saying. Like I don't know if it's something I could have learned or if it, if I'm just not primed that way. Because I've also said on this podcast, and I've had this thought many times. I really think like there are certain metal songs that I'll listen to, mm-hmm. where I'm convinced like, oh, my gen, like my genetics from my past are like I'm cannon fodder. Like it would be really easy to like me with a sword and a shield, not, Mm -hmm. I am not saying leading anything. I'm saying like there are certain metal songs where I'm, I'm, I know I could have gotten so amped up to fight for a side for something. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, Oh, and yeah. by cannon fodder, I just mean like not a hero, not a leader, but like one of the grunts, I somebody making a speech and a bunch of other dudes all ready for war. I would be right there like, fuck yeah, let's go. Let's fuck shit up. Not like not thinking tactically. I'm not like I really want to make it clear. I'm not saying any kind of person who's going to survive even a battle. I'm just saying like. That kind of that's a competitiveness, like we're gonna go fuck this side up, but Mm -hmm. it the level that my I feel like my brain has to take it to is life or death. Like I'm Mm -hmm. gonna kill these motherfuckers or they're gonna kill me. Mm -hmm. But if I like if I was back before gun or just anything like that, if I had somebody who was leading me into it and a bunch of other dudes, I can for sure see where like I would get totally amped up to go fight. And that's the thing, and like, and I think, like, you know, like, uh, there's a very good chance that one of your two children will truly enjoy playing a sport. Yeah. Um, and it's just a matter of knowing that, you know, like, they can be super competitive about it, but it can't. It, it like, it, it's it's not necessarily an evil thing. Well, that's where I'm gonna have to lean on you guys more, is because I, me and my wife, neither one of us like competitiveness. So mm-hmm. if and when my kids do start to get into it, it's like, well, I'm going to have to teach them how to be competitive in a healthy way because I don't know. And I think you do, but but I think because like I think what we've what we've just what we've kind of come to is that like our ideas are pretty close about what a healthy competitive is. Yeah, but how do you do it? Yeah, I don't know. Like like when you when you were when you're out there hunting, like waiting for that deer, like you know, it's. it's See, that's why I still don't get it. I'm not competing against anybody. I know you said I'm competing against the deer, but like, it's again, it's life and death. Like, if I lose, at least the deer doesn't die. But if you, if you, (laughs) I guess if you, if you win, the deer does die. But I win. (laughs) Um, I don't know. It's it's, it's just just a matter of just you know, like teaching and like you know, just teaching them like in the ups and downs of it, just the way to take that healthily, you know, it's like that, that it's not, that it isn't life and death. And like, 
sure the deer's dying and like you have a respect for that deer for killing it but like if you miss it's not the end of the world well i think a better way actually to say it is the way that you have said it and and i think big j said it a little bit ago uh okay it's all self-competition to be the best best in the moment i can no fuck-ups allowed and then it's like uh you said and matt said well said dan where like michael jordan isn't maybe he wasn't trying to i mean he is trying to win mm-hmm. but he's so focused for 60 minutes or however long basketball matches are he's he's trying to be the absolute best he can be for 60 minutes mm-hmm just to be just to be the best him that's the part of competition where there's a disconnect for me like that's rock climbing when we would do that all the time is like i want to do the best i can yeah yeah but i'm not competing against anybody i just want to be better i want to get i want to top out on that route oh yeah like i i had i always had a little competitiveness like if you could do something i couldn't be like and we, I, I want to do that now a little bit more because, okay, he can do it like I should be able to do it. We've talked about that before. I think a part of the problem is that, like, for me, it's like if you're competing, you want you have to want somebody to lose. And I don't want people oh, to lose. Yeah. Maybe that's not the right way to look at it. And and that's the thing. It's like, it's like. I like when we were like, because we would be competitive. It was the same thing for me. Like, well, Dan can do that climb. I should be able to do that. But it was never like, there was never a part of me that was like. I want to do a climb and then have to watch Dan fail at it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like that that's seems like, awful. Because like if like you'll you'll see it in like like the high level basketball games. Like some of those dudes are really good friends off the court. They play for opposite teams. They're playing the championship against each other. Like they don't wish harm on the other person. Like they want to beat him in that moment. But it doesn't. It's not like a an evil like. Uh, like a, like a like a negative they don't they don't they don't want to like like uh like make their life a living hell. like I, I don't know like, I, I'm trying to think of like a better way to I'm say not it. saying like, that they, but they, I think you have like the way that I hear maybe this will make it make more sense if you want to win you also have to want to make somebody lose that's I'm not saying yeah. that's true I'm saying that's that's like my men that's how I feel about it maybe I just don't think about competition the right way but it's like if I if I'm fighting, like if I'm boxing or if I'm in MMA, uh-huh. I I want to make you quit. I want to make you lose. Yeah. I, and I just don't I don't want to I don't like that feeling of like making somebody feel inferior. Well, and that, no, and, and like that's the thing. It's like you you can do it and have the empathy for it. Like uh and that's why you have to that's why you have to enjoy the sport. Yeah. Because and that and because that's where you can, um, the that the enjoyment of the thing outweighs the uh, like uh, the little bit of bad you might feel like because you you will like because if if you feel only greatness for hurting someone and not slightly bad that you that you hurt them then that's then you're some sort of like sociopath <laughs> that that's why like you know like the best fighters after those fights they get up and they hug each other because they they. They they got in there and they had a great time. One of them's gonna win, mm-hmm. um, and they're but and they'll shake hands after the fact because it's not about like it's it is technically about beating them, but it's about the shared experience of the the competition. 
Well, and it's like you said, and Vadim Anderson said, it's you need to have passion for whatever you're competing at. And I think yes. that was a disconnect for me too. Was always just like I wasn't ever super. Oh yeah, it was just be. I do think I don't know this to be the case, but I do think for myself, and it might not be the case for my kids, but I think for me, if I had got if like jujitsu had been a thing when I was younger, I think I would have gotten more into that. Because then it is like you're saying. Because one of the things I didn't like about competitive sports was like I had to rely on other people on the team. But then it is just you and one other person. And so it's like if you win and the other person loses, you're still there face-to-face with them. Yep. But but like, but like at that point, you both signed that contract where yeah. it's like – they 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 are also shouldering some of the blame for losing. So it's not it's not it's not fully your fault for defeating them. Yeah. They they've also agreed to this contract. I like what Big J says too. If it's friends that lose, I do feel bad, but it depends on how it went. If it was high effort on both sides and good sportsmanship, I don't really feel bad. That's a great, I think I, that's a great I've way to that, think about it. Like I yeah, like I've had that feeling at a like a magic uh turn before where it's like me and this guy are just like this game is just nonsense. We're like, we're like, it seems like we're both just kind of drawing like haymakers, like one after the other. It's like, it's, it's constantly turning. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it gets the last thing. I'm like, if I, if I don't win, I lose this next turn. And I, like, I draw a card. It's like, Oh, oh wait, just, Hey, and like, and like I win. And, I, and like, he looked, he's like, Oh my God. It's like, and then it, like, we're both just like super happy that like, cause it's like, just like, you the, just had fun. The cup, the competition was so good that it was like okay. it, it carried it carried both of our moods. Even though he lost, <laughs> like but like it didn't it didn't you know it didn't matter in the. Uh, well, it wouldn't have mattered know. if you lost. See, I like that one on one. I don't know. I just I think I have a. I just have to think about it more. I don't know because it. I think it also can just be on personality types. Like I might just the personality type that I am might not be as competitive. Not yet, but yeah, definitely not in like a team environment. Like you might be more so in like a. But yeah, I don't know. Like you never did competitive jujitsu, so who knows? Uh, Vitamin Anderson says, "Sore competitors make for bad competitors." That's why I changed my mindset about how losing affected me. That's cool. Oh, that's just, like you see that, and like you see that growing up too. Like you'll there are the kids on the teams that are. Like maybe the, maybe like the parents are trying their best to like, you know, make them not be that way. But it's like, man, this kid's just a fucking ass. Like it's yeah. like he's in it for the wrong reasons, and it's just and it's it's not it's not good. It's not healthy. Like there's definitely those kids growing up. Yeah, it'll be interesting with my kids because I don't want them. I don't. I want them to enjoy competing if if they like it. I don't know. Gonna go to bed. The thing, the thing, like they, they may never want to play sports ever. Who knows? Nemo really likes playing soccer. And I think yes, thing, it's like I, there's no way to stop a kid. I think from playing like a sport for those first two years because it's like they just they love kicking the ball. Yeah. But it's like it's like does the thing click in their head at age six where it's like I want to get better at this thing. I think a part of it for me, sorry, because no, it's kind of what you were saying. I was just jumping to what I thought you were going to say. Mm-hmm. I think a part of it is for me was like, I'm never going to be an athlete. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I was never super coordinated. I had asthma so I could never run or like do a thing for a long time. 
Mm-hmm. I was never the fastest. I was never the strongest. I was never the most flexible. Like I was always just kind of like middle of the pack. Mm-hmm. So there was just like, even as a young kid, it was like, why not? I'm never going to be an athlete. So why? It was the same thing. It was like, as, as school, it was like, well, I'm not, I'm not, even if I could go to Harvard, I don't even know that I necessarily would want to. So why should I try at this? Mm-hmm. And I don't know that I have a good answer for that. I do for the no. school part, but maybe that's the, the, the sports part too is like, it's like we've been saying, just see how good you can get. Oh yeah. Like that, that that's what definitely drove me until like, like high school was like, ah, I'm not, I'm not going to play this in college. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to be on varsity. Like this is good enough. <laughs> and then, and then like, and then that was just it. Well, and you just don't really want to do it. I think if you really, really, it's like I was saying about writing way earlier when we started on Kibby's topic, it's like, if there's something you feel like you have to do, it'll be the only thing you think about. I think, and I don't think everybody experiences like true obsession. No, like, like, like maybe there'll be something that I will become obsessed with in my life, but I, I just haven't had that. I mean, that, that I've said that before where I like, thankfully the thing I was obsessed with kind of has no, like age isn't a factor in it. Mm -hmm. Whereas like, if you were like, I have to play basketball professionally, like you only, you got a, you got a short short window man that would that's that's the dangerous side of competitiveness there there are some of those kids that think that's what they have to do like that's their way out like they're they're, they if i don't play competitive ball i'm done and then Then you gotta find out what happens how to live when you don't only very few people make it that all right i gotta go to bed all right you do too (laughs) you have three thousand in the morning i know Thanks, thanks for listening, everybody. This was fun. Thanks for the topic, Kibby. I don't know if you're still listening. I haven't seen your comment in a while. You probably outbeat the looters. <laughs> I hope so. Um. Oh my God! How do I end this podcast? Uh, yeah. Thank- don't got this too loud. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, I really enjoyed where this went. And what we got to talk about. It was really fun. Um, yeah, it was like this weird, like, we went from, like, trying to just, trying to, like, figure out what, like, wants and needs meant to, yeah. like, competitiveness. I'm, uh, this one, this one, this one might be one I have to listen back to. I haven't listened back to one in a long time, but it was like, while this was going, I knew, like, I really enjoy what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, if this is the first time you've ever listened to us, this would be a good episode to start on because I feel like it was pretty interesting, actually. Or pretty fun. Maybe interesting is the wrong word. Um, you can subscribe to us wherever you get podcasts, and you should because uh, we would like you to. It's cool to see our subscriber numbers grow. Um, Bro- Brope's glass is coming soon. Brope's beer koozies. Um, also, if, you want, if you're listening to the audio version and you want to take part in the live version... Uh, I personally think it's probably the most fun that the podcast can be. If you jump in mm-hmm. chat and just take part live, um, you can follow us on Twitch. It's just twitch.tv slash this might sound stupid. And if you want to email or if you want to send us a random topic like Kibby sent us one, 
You can email us at this might sound stupid at gmail.com or you can tweet at us uh, at TMSS underscore podcast is where you can tweet at us. We're brought to you by Joey the Good Boy. We'll check in with Joey, our oldest sponsor. He's out cold. He got ran hard in the backyard today. Fetching balls. We're also brought to you by Mike Long, who's a wonderful designer from Minnesota. He designed all our graphics. Thanks, y'all. Love you. And just be nice to people. Have a good night. Be nice. Just be nice.